It's the Austin and Pete Show. Hello, welcome to episode 119 of the Trying Games Sunday Podcast! It's Saturday, January 10th. I had to look it up. It's Saturday, January 10th, uh, but since my record's, record's been so shitty for the past couple of months, you probably won't hear this until Thursday, January, whatever is five days from now. 89th. Yeah, the 89th, yeah. So, But yeah, here's hoping that you actually hear this on Sunday. Um, I am your host, Austin, Mr. Chupan, as usual, and I have uh, not... Two, not three, but four lovely ladies with me, one of whom is simply listening in, and I haven't called him yet. That's Tony, because this shit doesn't work. Uh, so Tony won't be actually on the cast, but he'll be listening in, because he loves you. Um, but let me announce our special guest, Kelly May from GameSpot. Say hello. Hello. That was her. She wrote in one topic, and she's going to talk about it. But we also have uh, our usual Al. Yep, I'm here. Yep. And we have somebody who is a game slave from the other site. He's a competition, and I'm trying to buy him out. Pete. Oh, my God, I'm amazing. Hi. You're not amazing. You're a phony. All right. Um, Tony, say hi. Tony. Okay, he says hi in the chat window, so because <laughs> that's about all I can do right now. Um, <laughs> today, we've got two big topics, one in the news and one uh, which is actually what Kelly sent in for the swag contest. If you guys did not send in a swag contest email, you are already inferior to her and the others who did. Uh, so there's no hope for you in life. But her topic was parents' responsibility towards their gamer children. Um, I suspect there will be some kind of ranting towards Jack Thompson. Yes, no? Absolutely. Maybe. Who the hell's Jack Thompson? Oh, yeah, that's right. Who is he? Um, Tony, sorry that you're missing this. Um, yeah, he he just put shit in the chat window because he, he, he doesn't like the fact that he won't be included in this one. Uh, sorry. But our other topic, this is a pretty big one. I think this is probably the biggest one of, you know, I'm not even going to say of this year because this year is like barely a week old. But it's some of the biggest stuff to come out. Um, EGM is now completely gone, shuttered, closed, uh, discontinued, and half of 1UP.com staff has been slashed because 1UP.com and all of its properties has been sold by Ziff Davis to UGO.com. Uh, we're going to be talking about that. But first, let me ask Kelly, what have you been playing? Oh, Guitar Hero uh, World Tour. I'm I'm on a bender with that right now. Uh-oh. Yeah. Um, what are you... What are you just what, downloaded what are you the uh, Metallica files, and I'm having a lot of fun with that. Is This uh, this is on 360, correct? Oh, absolutely, yeah. And uh, what level do you play on? Right now I'm playing medium. Uh, I just downloaded the whole Death Magnetic album, and it's hard. Yeah, it is. Are you are you letting your kids listen to Death Magnetic? <laughs> yeah, no. No. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I put him to bed first. Uh it's hard. What do you think about the? Did you get like the whole thing with the guitar and the setup, or did you just get the the software? Yeah, I got the whole set. Um, that was one of my Christmas presents. Oh, and uh, have you tried like? Have you tried any the drums and what? Like, what do they feel like? The drums are awesome. I like the drums better than uh, the rock band drums, actually. 
Okay. Do you have both, or did you do just have like incremental experience with the rock band ones? No, I just rock band. A friend of mine has. I thought I was actually getting oh, okay. both, but no. That would have been a nightmare to maintain. Oh, I got two drum sets. Where do I put one? One on top of the other. Fold one in the other, and then put the yeah, yeah. I don't drum have fight. En- <laughs> drum fight. I don't have enough room for that. But um, so what do you what do you think about the game in comparison to the other ones? As just as far as how it plays. Well, the um, the guitar. I think the guitar just in this game compared to the other Guitar Hero games, it seems a lot tighter. Like there's, uh, you're not getting any mm. of that lag that you get with the other ones. Okay. And the drums are amazing. See, I have yet to try them because I don't know anybody who has them. So I'm, I'm trying to look forward to that. But I, I did try the Rock Band two drums, and it, while it's a little bit quieter. The the kind of the the kind of pocking sound that you get when you hit the drum pad has been reduced to like a little kind of uh, somehow more annoying little clicking sound. I don't know how, but even though it's quieter, it's somehow worse. So I, I don't get that. And they were playing on a wooden floor, so the thing was sliding all over the freaking ground, the ground, nice. all over the freaking floor. So that was kind of annoying. Um, do you have carpet in your house? Is that yeah, because yeah. I've heard that the I've heard that the Guitar Hero drums also have that problem where they don't have like rubber feet, and so if you're in a wooden on a wooden floor, it's gonna slide all around. Yeah, um, that's probably true. I know that they don't have any padding on the bottom of the drums, so yeah, I can see a little bit of skitter if you're playing on a hard surface for sure. Is that is that all you've been playing? Yeah, that I've been going pretty hard with that lately. Um, still oh, trying shit. to finish up Dead Space. Ooh. Yeah, I'll never get back to that. Well, we have, you know, everybody in this house games, (laughs) and all our friends game, and we've got two 360s. Oh, shit. Jeez. Wow. Yeah. See, I did not not know that. For some reason, I did not know that. I have have not been ignoring your blogs, but I didn't know you had two. Yeah, Christopher got one for Christmas, so he'd leave mine alone. (laughs) Well, that works. Excellent. (laughs) Um, is that is is that the uh, husband or the son? No, that's the son. Or uh, both. We'll refer to Chris as oh, okay. the husband and Christopher as the son. Okay. Um, let's see. Who should I v- victimize next? Who should I ask next? What they've been playing? You can pick. Al, what's Al been playing? Me? Yeah. Uh, you. Um, I've been playing Castlevania: Order of Ecclesia. I'm like five hours in, fifty percent done. Uh, nice ratio going on there. Trying to finish Baten Kaitos still. Uh, I just updated my blog to say that I have about three three hours, hours right? left. Yeah. I uh, just have to do a side quest for each of the characters and then finish the game. I just did one before uh, just now. And so I have three to go, four to go, four to go. Yeah. And it looks like they're really short. That's one thing I like about the game, the dungeons are short, but the fights are long. That's what I don't like. Um, other than that, I haven't played anything. I don't have an Xbox yet because it's now being sent back to me. And I guess um, I'll probably get it Wednesday or Thursday because it hasn't actually gotten onto the truck yet. Oh, so how come and the how come the picture said it was getting onto the truck? Or no, did it's I billing information? Received. Oh, I must have. I, Okay, the picture was kind of small, so I thought it was on the last step. Uh, no, no, it is on the last step, but the UPS information says billing uh, information received. Oh, 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 okay, I see. It's in the center, but it's not on the truck. I gotcha, okay. Um, liars. Goddamn liars. I, <laughs> I've also been fooling around a little bit with the Quirk DS10. Um, I fully fleshed out Bloody Tears. 
Nice. So uh, that that sounds really good. Except I want to get the the synthesizer to sound more like organ. So I'm probably gonna fool with that a little bit. Right. But other than that, the actual music is pretty much perfect with maybe a little bit of ad lib on the bass for me. Um, other than that, I haven't been able to play anything. Like I said, Xbox is uh, out in Texas, and the PlayStation has only been playing movies, and the Wii has only been playing Batman Kaitos. <laughs> hey, uh, you know what I'd like? Pick mm. up that Chord DS10, uh, lay down some tracking, and I'll I'll do the uh, Family Tracker, and we'll make a new uh, a new theme song because Beyonce isn't cutting it. <laughs> All right, even I'll, though she's I'll, not I'll, even on the freaking theme song at all, it's just the dude. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I'll, I'll I'll work on something. So if anybody yeah. wants to write a theme song for us, go ahead and send it in so that we can ignore it because Al's gonna make one. Uh, ah. yeah. Pete, what have you been playing? Uh, Fantasy Star Four. Oh wait, no, I'm not Tony. <laughs> um, I uh been playing pretty much the usual stuff. Uh, I, actually, I I I've put a side Mirror's Edge because I'm pretty much done with that except for the uh, time trials which are so damn hard mm. and um, the uh, I, put, I, I haven't really played much Fallout which I feel bad about but it's like it's one of those games where if you put it aside for a little bit and you get wrapped up in other stuff it kind of gets <laughs> Tony just said fuck me um, <laughs> it kind of gets hard to go back to uh, I always have that problem with RPGs where if I don't play it day after day I find it hard to pick back up right. but I know as soon as I do get back into it I'll get totally sucked back in but yeah uh lately i've been playing um mo- mostly little big planet and uh, Lum- uh luminez supernova came out on the psn mm, and mm. i love luminez i was like that was like my favorite game on the psp back when i had it and it first came out and stuff and i just like mainly spent all my psp time playing that and then i wound up getting luminous live for the 360 and i was happy with it even though everybody else hated the uh whole pricing structure i didn't care um, I almost bought Luminous on Steam, but wound up not actually getting it. Whoa, and it's on Steam! Yeah. Dude, what the fuck? All right, I'm, keep talking. <laughs> I'm going to the store right now. Jesus. <laughs> um, and yeah, so now it's out on the PSN, and uh, it's still amazing if you're into Luminous. I mean, it's one of those games where if you like it, you like it. If not, then no, no, no version of it's going to change your mind. But um, I, w- I don't understand why this one doesn't have... Any kind of multi, multi, like online multiplayer. It's got uh, local multiplayer, but no, uh, yeah, net multiplayer, which is weird. It's mean. Uh, what's that? I said it's mean. It's mean. It is. It's mean. Um, it does have a, a sequencer though, so you can actually kind of make your own uh, tracks to play around to. But it's very limited. Everything is just samples, and you can't even choose like the skins you want in the background or anything, anything like that. So it's it's very basic. Ten dollars. It's a nice. It's a nice starting point if any future iterations decide to like expand on that. Um, and there are, are new tracks and skins and stuff for the PSN version, and a lot of old tracks are brought back. So, uh, again, if you're a Luminous fan, you can't go wrong with it, and I love it. Um, and the only other thing I've ever been playing is I got totally back into Burnout Paradise. Um, I, I actually... Uh, I've owned three versions of that because I originally had it on the 360, and then you know got rid of my 360 and had to get rid of that. Then I bought it for the PlayStation, th- uh, and when they uh, announced that it was going to be downloadable, um, like the full game downloadable, I wound up uh, trading in the the and uh, downloading physical the physical copy. I, yeah, I traded <laughs> in the physical copy I had to get something else, and I downloaded it because um, digital download for the win. And 
yeah, I'm just totally back into that because I want to get ready for, you know, when they release the downloadable content of the uh, new island and uh, the legendary pack of cars, which they announced all four cars. Um, for anyone who hasn't been, who doesn't know, the uh, they're basically modeled after the uh, DeLorean from Back to the Future, mm -hmm. the uh, General Lee uh, from uh, Dukes of Hazard. Uh, <laughs> let me see, uh, Ecto One from Ghostbusters and Kit from Knight Rider. So they're basically mo they're not those actual cars, but they're modeled after it. Right. It basically is those cars, but they can't call right. them that. Yeah. Um, let me ask you something real quick. Um, when you downloaded the file um, from from EA, did, were you able to kind of like reuse your game save, or did you have to start all over again? I'm just curious about how that worked. You're talking about when I downloaded Burnout. Yeah, when you when you traded in your physical copy and then you downloaded it, did your save file still well, still uh, still work? I think they would have, but when I traded it in, I think it was right around that same time that um, because okay, at one point they patched in trophies. Oh, and right. It was it was like either right at or right before they released the downloadable version. So when I traded in my copy, they didn't have trophies at that point. So I, d I wound up deleting my safe stuff on the hard drive because you have to restart anyway if you want to get the original trophies. Mm -hmm. So, and I. I'm stupid and I care about trophies, so <laughs> I don't know why. Like I, I when when 360 first came out, I was all about achievements. Then I was like, okay, this is stupid. I'm gonna stop caring about. Them. <laughs> but now that with the PlayStation, they they don't just have a number; they have a status bar that fills up, Aww. and if it's not full, it bothers me. <laughs> it's like on um, Steam when they had that little bar. Yeah, uh, but yeah. So that's all I've been playing, and. Um, yeah, excited for downloadable content for Burnout. Hopefully, it comes out soon. Yay! Uh, yeah, like March or something. Is it March or is it early? Oh, I have no idea. Um, I don't know when. I just hope it's March. Yeah. I uh, <laughs> Pete will be happy to know that I have gone through Half-Life Episode 1 and am halfway through Half-Life Episode 2. You're further than me. Really? I, I haven't actually... I never actually got to finish Episode 1. Oh, uh, Okay. Well, I'll say this. Um, w w let me ask you, what are your thoughts on episode one? Um, up to where I got to, it was all right. I thought I felt like, I mean, I understand why you start the episode like super powerful and like it makes sense in the context of everything, but it seems weird that you start like you know Uber and then you get worse. Kind of like kind of <laughs> like Metroid. Kind of like Metroid Extended. Like you, because you know how Metroid you start off with all your shit and then like you lose everything Something and you have to find up. it again. Yeah, your suit's yeah, bullshit. Get... You gotta fix it. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of like that gameplay philosophy or whatever. But I don't know. It, it makes sense contextually, but it just seems weird. Um, and I, I'm, I, I like the fact that uh, you know, Alex is with you for like as far as I know, she's with you for the entire episode. I'm pretty sure. Um. I've, like I said, I haven't played the whole thing, but everything I remember, she was with alongside you, which I thought was really cool, having her with you that whole time. Right. Um, well, there, there, there's some things that I, I'm not going to talk a lot about episode one since you haven't finished it, and, and I, don't, I don't know if uh, Al or Kelly have gotten into it at all. But, I, I mean, I like, um, I like what I like about it is generally what I like about Half-Life 2, so it's kind of no surprise there. Um, there are a few sections that get really annoying in that kind of like not in that oh it's too hard sense but in you know it, it's one of those things where like after a couple of tries you kind of throw up your hands and say just dude come on give me a break this is kind of annoying you know it's not necessarily all that cheap 
and it's doable, but it's just like you know, you, you start to you, you just kind of like wish that were that it was over because it's it's challenging, but it's not entirely fun to go through. And there are about two, I guess I'd say two big parts in the game that are like that. And so, um, yeah, Al says it sounds like button kaitos at times, um, but episode two is sort of. I, I don't know. I don't want to say Breath of Fresh Air because it's the same game. It's Half-Life 2. But it, it feels kind of unfamiliar in a good way. I mean, it feels like Half-Life 2, but it feels like somehow it's it kind of feels opened up, uh, just different. Uh, some of the some of the areas that you encounter just look completely not like what you, you, know, what you got out of Half-Life 2 and Half-Life 2 Episode 1. Um, the graphics have been significantly upgraded. It looks great. Um, they they did uh, they did some rework on the on the texturing on the normal mapping. It looks all, it, it's it's now it, you can now classify it as one of those shiny games where like everything's shiny, but not yeah. not not to its detriment. Like the people aren't shiny, which is good. Um, oh but the, Yeah, there's just some environments that are shiny, but they should be because it's slimy. Um, and and you know some shit happens in the story that you're like, oh god, blah, 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 and you know then you know you have to go through. Uh, Again, I'm not going to spoil it, but I so far, episode two is I'm I'm about 2.5 hours into it, and it's the best two and a half hours of Half-Life Two that I've played thus far. I I to me it's what it is. So, um, I like it a lot. Um, it's it's one of those things that had I known how good I, how good a time I would have had with it, I would have just rushed through episode one as fast as possible just to you know get it over with because episode one so far has been the weakest of the three kind of you know. The three entries, so um, I think I think that's about all I've been playing that's new. Uh, I I'm still playing Age of Empires Mythologies on DS, and uh, I like it. It that shit is hot sun and stuff. Um, all right, that's it. <laughs> Tony is playing lots of stuff, but he can't say anything. Actually, let's ask him. Tony, what have you been playing? Type it in. He's asleep. <laughs> uh, Silent Hill Silent Homecoming Hill. on Ethan's PlayStation Three. Uh, one sentence. How do you like it? Oh, Civilization Revolution too. Oh, look at that. How do you like Silent Hill Homecoming? MG Gun? <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck is MG Gun? What? I don't know. He's he typed in Silent Hill Homecoming, then Civ Rev, and then MG Gun. Oh, oh, Metal Gear Solid 4. Guns of the Cinematics. Okay. Uh wow, so you've actually not been he wow, I'm proud this is really upsetting that he's not on because he's not playing Fantasy Star Four or Lunar. He's actually playing Maybe something new. He's actually not home. Right. I know, and, and <laughs> stuff is actually hooked up and not sitting on top of his router. That's okay though. Um Alright, we're gonna take a quick break. Right, he says. We're gonna take a quick break and come back with uh topics. We're on to our topics. The first topic we're going to talk about is in the news, and it's the only news that 
you know, is kind of worth talking about at this point. Uh, as many of you should have heard by now, if not by the time of this recording, then definitely by next Thursday, which is when this is probably going to go up because my laptop is slow. Um, EGM, there are a couple of pieces to this. Number one, EGM is uh, now discontinued. Uh, the print magazine for Ziff Davis for video games is, is gone. It's no no longer running. And number two, OneUp.com has been sold to Hearst Publications, uh, more specifically to UGO.com. If uh, if anybody is not familiar with UGO.com, um, I'm just going to make a quick comparison here. Don't take this as a quality comparison, but just as like thematically, um, it's similar to IGN in that it focuses on games. But it has a lot of other things um, attached to it, like movies, uh, gear, music, uh, uh, girls, you know, that type of stuff. So, boobies, <laughs> So it, yeah, it, it, it's that kind of thing where where one one up was moving from like a very concentrated thing into now this this big network. And so, unfortunately, part of what happened there was not only did people from EGM get laid off in the transition. But people from game videos and, 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 and people who did all the podcasts for, for 1UP, uh, not all of them, but most of them got laid off. And so um, people who produced the 1UP show for game videos, Ryan O'Donnell, Matt Chandranay, Jay Fresh, they got laid off. Um, the guys who did 1UP FM, uh, Phil Kolar, Nick Sutner, they got laid off. Um, Garnet Lee is still there, and he has said through his Twitter feed that, yes, he will still be doing 1UP uh, Yours. So that is... I guess that's safe for now. And Jeremy Parrish also survived the transition. So I'm going to assume that they're still going to do Retronauts for anybody who listens to that. But uh, no land party. No uh, Sports Anomaly, I don't think. No uh, no 1UP FM. No 1UP show, which was many people's reasons for visiting the site. Uh, so, Pete, you were, pretty, um, you were pretty hit hard by this news. I remember in our email chain, you were like, dude, biggest news ever. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on this whole thing? All right. Uh, first, let me clarify a few things. Um, the uh, as far as one up yours and retronauts, I'm pretty sure those are done as well. Uh, Garnet Lee is still there, and he mentioned that he, there would be future quote unquote confirmation of weekends, of weekends yeah. which which means that he'll still be doing a podcast of sorts. But That's I true. don't know. If, I don't know if it'll still be a one up yours or if it'll be something different. And retronauts, uh, they actually their final episode went up on uh, iTunes. The other day, I'm pretty sure that was their final. Oh, okay, so okay, so he be did final. Okay, because the last I read, that he was he was just doing it, and he didn't say whether it was the last one or not. Okay. Yeah, they didn't know at that time that there was going to be like when they recorded it, they didn't realize that it was going to be like final episode. Right, I, I meant in his blog though. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that those two are done as well. I think whatever UGO decides to do, it might be new podcasts, but I don't think it's going to carry the same names right. or okay. be the exact same content. That's just my guess. Um, but uh. Yeah, like you said, uh, UGO came in and bought out uh, the one-up site from Ziff Davis and basically laid off all almost the entire staff except for a handful uh, of editors and stuff, and kept some of the community managers like um, Tina, Tina, yeah, yeah, Tina Sanchez. Um, but um, yeah, uh, I mean, it really affected me because I, 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 okay, uh, as. I'm sure, again, I always relate this back to GameSlave stuff, which I don't know why, but anyone who listens to GameSlaves knows that um, when the GameSpot thing happened, that really affected me because I was huge into the GameSpot community and, like, I was really dedicated to that site and then the whole Gersman Gate thing happened, whatever. Mm-hmm. And You needed a new I, home. What's that? You needed a new home and you went to one Yeah, of, so yeah. 
I moved over to One Up, and uh, because I'd already been listening to their podcasts and following the One Up show, like most people did, uh, it was like you said, the reason to go there. So I'd kind of just migrated over there, and I didn't really get as involved in the community as I had been at Gamespot. But it was uh, I liked the way the site was run and everything. And then now this happened, and once again, I feel like okay, now what do I do? Right. Um, where do I go to get my news now and stuff? Because I was when you go to when you become attached to, for me when you become attached to a certain game site you become attached to the personalities of the writers and and staff that work for that site right like with GameSpot it was for me the GameSpot live crew Jeff Gersman Rich Gallup Ryan Davis those guys uh, and the people surrounding them like those those were the that was the GameSpot like face to me right and um, so when they left, it's like, well, I'm not sure I want to stay here. And now the same thing happened with One Up because One Up was built around the, this particular staff of people. Even though certain people left over the years, like most, you know, most recently before this was Sean Elliott, Jeff Green. Um, even though people like that left, you still like there was enough other people still there that it made it okay. Like you still, and then the new people that came in, they were cool too. Like when Nick, Nick Sutner came in, Phil Kohler, um, they they were. They fit in. They seem like they fit there. And they also came from backgrounds of uh, independent stuff. Like Nick came from uh, Cheap Ass Gamer and Phil Kohler came from uh, Evil, Evil Avatar. Avatar. Yep. And uh, so they f- seem like they fit in. And uh, you kind of, like I said, you just kind of grow to appreciate their particular body of work. So when they're all gone, I mean, despite the fact that a few are left and the, the new staff, who are, even UGO staff, may be, you know, excellent writers. They might be great people. It's just a different it, place. Yeah. It just, it completely feels different and it just, it's not going to be the same to me. Um, and, I mean, Jeff Green said it in his own blog. Uh, on, uh, he has his Greenspeak blog. Uh, let me get the link for that real quick for anyone who's interested. Uh, it's just Jeff dash greenspeak.blogspot.com um, he ups it, updates it pretty frequently so any Jeff Green fans if you haven't been following his blog you might be interested in and it and how could you um, not yeah <laughs> uh, he said it himself that uh, 1-Up's not going to be the same uh, That and he he goes into pretty like almost almost vicious he gets vicious without yeah actually, without actually explicitly saying stuff that happened but that just Ziff Davis has been run terribly for a while and um, that uh, Sam Kennedy, um, who is uh, what is his position? I, I think he's creative director. Yeah, I don't know I what the technical word for it is. I do definitely want to get into that. Um, but I also want to ask, uh, you know, Kelly and, and and Al. I don't know how closely you follow One Up as a community, uh, as as closely as you do Gamespot. I I I'm going to guess you don't. But um, as far as it, what the ramifications, not ramifications, but as far as what this says about print media and like where stuff is heading um like because there, there are two parts of the story really there's there's a whole implications that you know it has for print or at least like you know it's kind of like the harbinger of doom like oh my god egm huge magazine gone what does this mean or you know what does this mean has been happening for the past however many years and then there's a whole like layoff thing so what are, what are you guys thoughts on the print part of this well i'm not uh, i'm not um, surprised honestly. go ahead Al. <laughs> kelly should go first <laughs> yeah kelly go first kelly go first um, I'm not at all surprised at the demise of uh, EGM. I think print as a media is, you know, going to be extinct very soon. I mean, everybody's going so digital. Sad. Everybody's got a computer. Um, yeah, I, I think we're going to see a lot less 
print magazines, you know, for no matter what it's for, I think they're just going to be gone. Right. Like I said, PC Mag just went digital. They're too expensive. I mean, they're they're too expensive to make. Right. Right. They do make for good bathroom reading, though. I, I, I don't want to. Technically, you're not supposed to read on the bathroom. Sure. Why not? Um. Well, there's this big H word. That that's one reason. <laughs> yeah, but you could laminate them and then have like you know, handy wipes and then okay, I'm not gonna go into that. Al, <laughs> what are your thoughts? Um, <laughs> I don't even know what you want to laminate. So, <laughs> anyway, oh, no. um, the handy wipes, so you can't, <laughs> so that you can't use them. Tony says Skype is making Kelly sound like T Pain. <laughs> it, it is kind of. <laughs> It is kind of modulating your voice, Kelly, yeah. making it sound pitch perfect. Uh, <laughs> but in terms of EGM going down the tube, uh, it, it's kind of depressing because it's a magazine with a very long legacy, a very rich legacy, I should say. It's something that most everyone, I think, who's our age can remember in its infancy. I, I remember my first episode of EGM. Episode. And, um, episode. <laughs> I you want to call it episode issue? Issue. Issue. Revision. Mine was the uh, Street Fighter Two arcade episode. It had Ken doing a punch on the cover, and it was the actual in-game, you know, shot of that from the original Street Fighter Two. Uh, I don't know how close to the first uh, first issue that was, but that was the first time I got it. I was nineteen ninety, mm-hmm. and. I was discussing with someone who I used to work with at Acclaim, who I work with now at my current job. Um, he was talking about his first it, issue of that, and then we kind of took that into a conversation about Nintendo Power and the first issues of that. But it's something that everyone remembers, and it's something that everyone grew up with. I mean, who could forget uh, the Shenlong joke? Yeah, you know, and the April Fool stuff they used to do that people used to really believe because they really did some good work on that. Um, there's all the different things that they've done with uh, bringing out information about things that no one ever used to know about, things from Japan and things uh, on trade shows and things like that that no one knew about early in the, I guess I should say in the mid '90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, nowadays, you know, all the information, of course, is coming out before the magazine. Uh, the need for having something to actually get pure information from uh, is becoming less of a need on print because you have blogs now that as soon as something happens, it comes up in five minutes. Even if somebody does something and they pull it back, it, it's n- no longer a possibility for you to retract something because someone will pick it up on a blog and post it for all eternity. Right, and these are the kinds of things that you really miss the point with with a print media. So I'm thinking, you know, this is just another stab in the heart of print media. I don't think we're really going to see much of it anymore. And it's pro- maybe you may see a trend, and people may wind up, wind up following suit. Uh, is GamePro still being printed? I th- I think so. I mean, I think. I think what 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 we see is that um, EGM is really more like enthusiast press, and mm-hmm. something like GamePro. And I haven't gotten GamePro for the longest time, so I'm just making a guess here. 
This is no slight to GamePro or anybody who subscribes to them. But as far as I remember from my days of getting GamePro, it's more of a mainstream gaming magazine. Not not that it's um, not that it talks about boobies, but it's it's it's, it's not, not as, Maxim. Yeah, but it's not as it's not as like, heavy handed. It's not as like mm-hmm. like it's got colorful pictures for the people who write them. It's you're not listening. You're not uh, reading uh, Shane Bettenhausen or. Or or John Davison, who was who was gone way before this happened, but you're reading, um, God, I can't remember the name, the nicknames, but you're reading, like, I know, Battletoads, the nicknames, or yeah. like, or, or 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 Johnny X or something, you know, it's mm-hmm. the same thing that Sushi happened X. to Game Informer, except Game Inf- uh, I'm not Game Informer, but Game Fan, which tried to be like diehard, but with you know with that kind of slant, I don't know, uh, Game Fan actually died pretty, you know, pretty early on in my you know reading days, it, it died like in 2000, that. yeah, mm-hmm. they died. Um, and Game Informer, well, they have the backing of Game GameStop. Yeah. Um, and so, and I'm not gonna, I'm not commenting on the quality, whether it's good or bad. I'm just saying that, um, for you know, regardless of what's going to happen, there's a good chance that Game Informer will stay alive in some form or fashion because it's in GameStop stores. They've got that deal, and so people are buying it. So, mm-hmm. but like, yeah, I mean, uh, th- there is some kind of trend that might, like I said, PC Magazine went all digital. I, I don't get my mail anymore. I get it in you know PDF form. Right. It's it's just weird. Um, do you think that PC Magazine, even though you get it in PDF, is still outdated? Because it's not like you get all the information. It's not like you get feeds from PC Magazine, right? You, you just know, get issues. Yeah, you just get the... And, and the funny thing is, is is that I haven't seen it in its new form yet. <laughs> Maybe I have to log in or something. I don't know, but it's like... Actually, you know what? Before, like, let me not even talk about this. Let me, let me, uh, Screwtop sent a question that's specifically about this, um, what we're talking about now. So let me read it off. He says, mm-hmm. um, and, and I'll paste it for you guys as well. Um, and before I read this, let me make sure to point out that he's not trying to be insensitive. It's just, you know, this is what he, how he sees it. He says, I've been waiting, I've been getting a free subscription to EGM for about six months. The best feature, in my opinion, are the in depth exclusives. Now that EGM is gone, I would expect to see those same exclusive stories will break earlier in online. This means that I can get to them without a trip to the bookstore or signing up for a subscription. Do you think that's an accurate opinion, or am I totally off base here? Absolutely not. I think you. I think this is this is very very um this is a very good point, and exactly one of the reasons why print is kind of fluttering. Like Kelly May said, almost everyone's online now or in some shape or form. Um, Signing up for a subscription versus plunking down in front of your computer and not having to pay money, uh, what's better, you know? So obviously, mm-hmm. I think, you know, this is this is just you know uh, the way things are going to go. Um, but with that said, I mean, there's no there's no assurance that we won't be paying for this content in the future, because mm-hmm. because. Say some kind of apocalyptic, like random, like uh, 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 hemorrhage happens, and like the world gets full of like paper-eating frogs or some shit, and there's no print, <laughs> and there's no sh- there's no print magazines anymore. You know, everything goes to online, but they're gonna start charging for that shit. They're gonna they're gonna do some sort of thing where, and, and I don't know if this is even possible, but like I'm not smart, so I don't know. They might do some weird thing where like. They they break a deal with like web browsers where you can't copy and paste content, you know, from from a uh, from a website. Somehow they make it technologically possible, and then you have to pay to get into that website. Yeah, you, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. You never know what mm-hmm. they have up their sleeve. So there's no guarantee that this stuff is always going to be free. 
I disagree with that just because if it's news related, it will always be free. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, I meant like, but like the featured ex- content. Yeah, yeah, ex- yeah. That's what I meant. Um, you know, but you know, I don't know. And this, this is also what I'm wondering. Like, will newspapers survive? And like, some major Chicago newspaper shut down like a month ago. Um, I, maybe that's an anomaly. Maybe they're just shitty run. They're a shitty run company. But like, I, I I'm kind of starting to feel that like people never thought that newspapers could go down. In about twenty years, what you know, will the, will the situation change? I don't know. What, 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 anyone else on on his question? Um, um mm, I don't know. I, think so, I would just say that. Uh, I mean, I don't know about whether or not we'll see like exclusive stories breaking earlier because I think a lot of those stories are. Uh, like if it's given to a magazine, it's given with the intent that the magazine won't be out to a certain time. So that might have been when they wanted, like whoever the story's from, they, that might have been when they wanted it to break. Um, so, right, and not necessarily you might not see the same type of stuff. Like, like, uh, just as an example, okay, um, say there was, uh, I'm trying to think of something. Say there was some new peripheral going to be released or something. Like Nintendo was putting out some new peripheral, and they wanted to give if EGM was still around, say they wanted to give them the exclusive like breaking story on it. Um, but they may have wanted it to be in a certain issue of EGM sure. for it to be released at that time. So they may have had their time frame already in mind for when they want the news released. So uh, that, just using that example, you might not see that news, that type of news any earlier. But, um, yeah, uh, I mean, it, it could be. I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. But I, like you yeah. guys are saying, it, it's irrelevant anyway because the Internet moves so fast and right. things are leaked so so quickly now. Like, you can't hide anything and everything is out the minute it's known. Right. So. I mean, I do think there's there's a very good possibility that they will break they they could break earlier only because like you see with sites like IGN that have kind of a, a closer relationships with um with uh, with their like like IGN Nintendo like the Wii uh, the Wii people have a pretty good ear into um you know what's going on with Nintendo so they they would sometimes break shit like break shit like I make it sound like they're gonna break something. <laughs> they they break <laughs> stories they break stories um even on the internet, like, without the consideration of, oh, this is, you know, because they're not a magazine, and they, they never have been, and they never will be. Um, but I, I do see your point, because Game Informer's still around, so if, and Game Informer, for the last couple of, you know, years has been getting all these stories that no one else gets because, I know, because because they have the, that circulation. Um, so even, even though uh, Prototype and Infamous, you know, were going to be announced by the blogs and stuff, Game Informer had it first because the guys behind those games were talking exclusively to Game Informer. So, I guess until that goes, until like the remaining magazines all go down, there's still the chance that no, you won't get exclusive stories early. But let's say, let's just say for 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 shit's sake that One Up hires back James Milkey, who has like a hugely close relationship with the people at Capcom and with uh, Itagaki. You might see Milky do a, uh, a an exclusive interview with Itagaki, breaking some exclusive news. So yes, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I just know that I can't read it in the bathroom anymore, and I'm sad. Um, <laughs> all right, so there's that question. Um, we've got a comment from Gideon. Says, "Oh, this is a long one, long one." And he mentioned Sushi X, so uh, this definitely has to get read. Um, Gideon, I'm sorry, but we would we did the prize. Winner drawing uh, before you uh, emailed us, so uh, you didn't get considered. But that's okay, because I did lend you Beyond Good and Evil, and you can keep it if you want. Um, <clears throat> he says, 
Sad face. So EGM is dead. One up as we knew it is dead. This hits me particularly hard because I've been an EGM subscriber since issue 68. Oh, I went back and checked. Yes, I still have all of them. My brother has issues back to number six. That's over a dozen years of loyalty. Um, I've seen some editors come and go. The changing of several different editors-in-chief, each with their own style. Yet EGM, as a whole, was able to maintain its overall voice. It's weird because some people at my company were recently let go uh, due to... Oh, shit, I lost my place. There we go. Bad economic times and all. And, <laughs> and I wasn't that affected because I didn't really know them that well. Yet when these mass Ziff Davis layoffs um, were announced, I was heartbroken. And not just for the selfish realization that I wouldn't be getting any more entertainment from them, but because I genuinely felt sorry for the people involved. Yes, I actually felt closer to people I've never seen before in real life than people I pass in the halls every day and make small talk with. I think uh, I think a lot of people can relate to that, though. Um, where it was. I oh, God damn it. Okay. The, the multitude of weekly podcasts and editorial content have given me such an insight into these people's opinions and personalities that I, sadly, kind of began to regard them as friends. Um, I, it even came to the point that the EGM review style was great for me because I didn't need to read a lot in order to make an informed decision. They could have just been bulleted lists of likes and dislikes, and as long as the associated reviewer was next to it, I'd know if I agree with those feelings. Alas, now I'm adrift in a sea of Metacritic rankings. How, how, uh, how, how dramatic. Hmm. Um, but aside from personal tragedy, this is a sad development for the industry. It is by no means a surprise, but that's besides the point. An institution with that much history to die out so suddenly is not a good sign for the smaller players out there. There are plenty of people out there that hate on print media, particularly the younger generations, but I still have a love for it. I, I actually do, too. Uh, no site beats thumbing through a quality magazine for me. I don't think I actually even look at screenshots online. Maybe I can just concentrate more on the mags because I don't have a game of poker going on in an adjacent window. <laughs> this is the mailbag, though, so I guess I should actually ask a question. What would you do if you were in the position of those laid off? Go the Gerstmann route, make a new site, try to get into game development, pursue your childhood dream of being a cowboy? And what do you think the actual people will wind up doing, the more well-known guys? With that many years of game journalism in the bank, wouldn't one feel the need to continue somewhat in that direction? Also, now I'll never know the true identity of Sushi X. Well, if you want to continue listening to a 1UP FM-esque show, go to www.eat-sleep-game.com. Um, they, uh, they, they, they've got Anthony Gallegos and Nick Sutner and Phil Kohler, all the guys who did the, um, what's it called? I forget what it's called. One Up FM. I can't believe I forgot. They, and you just said that. Yeah, I know. That's why I can't believe I <laughs> forgot it. Um, but yeah, you can, you can go to that site and, and get their podcast called Rebel FM. Um, I mean, it's got the same people, so it's the same personalities, plus a few extras. Um, but I guess, I guess I'll leave the question open to you guys. If you were in their position, what would you do? Mm. Mm. Uh, mm. Well, it depends on what my skill set was. I mean, game journalism doesn't necessarily mean that uh, you can work in the game industry. You'd still have to have, uh, you know, game industry quality talents and skills. Um, if I was someone who <clears throat> was really interested in programming and was doing it on a, I guess, a small scale or something, I'd probably try and use my journalism hooks to get started with that. Um, if I was really into the Wild Wild West, I'd be a cowboy. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, forget it, dropping, just, just to make it interesting, dropping ifs for a second, like you, like as you are now, Alfred the Dreadman, if you just got laid off from a game journalism company 
and you've had this experience working there, knowing what you know already, in addition to that, what would you would you? And I'm I'm going to guess that you might go into programming because you know code and you were Neo and shit. Uh, no, I'm I'm nothing like that. But I guess <laughs> if I was working as a game journalist, I would probably be better at programming than I am now. So yeah, I'd probably try and you know hook up a, a connection with a company that I like and do something out there because I'm pretty sure I'd be situated in the West Coast anyway. Right. So I'm guessing that uh, game programming would probably be a way to go. Right. Uh, any of the other guys, Kelly, Pete, what would you do if you were in their position? Well, I think um, um, okay. probably, uh, I mean, since you're already into it, I, my personal opinion would be go start another site. You've got all the contacts mm-hmm. and everything. Uh, another problem with the internet, I mean, game journalism, we're all game journalists to a point, right? I mean, yeah. seriously. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I don't know anybody that doesn't think they can run a viable website. Everybody thinks that. But, right. yeah. I mean, that, that would probably of... be the route I'd go. Giant bomb! Sorry. Pete? Yeah. But I don't look good in a cowboy hat, either. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, personally, uh, if I was in their position, I mean, I would feel the same way they're feeling. Like, because I'm passionate about uh, doing this stuff, um, I would still want to do it. Like, as you can see, I mean, I'm, I don't even have, like... With, with what happened with Game Slaves, it's not like it was a company or anything or anything. It was just an independent site, and when that even failed, I still wanted to do stuff, so I kept up doing what I could on Facebook just so I could keep doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, like here I am, you know, guesting on your podcast just so I can just so I can keep doing something because it's what I like to do, and I'm not even being paid for it. And you're damn right, I bitch. That, uh, I know all of them feel the same way that they just want to keep doing what they've been doing, whether or not they get paid for it. They, they just are passionate about what they do. Um, and I wanted to uh, just while I have the opportunity to talk here, I wanted to follow up on the uh, end of his question about what they are doing. Yeah, like you already said, they're doing the uh, the Rebel FM, which you can get on EatSleepGame.com, TalkingOrange.com. Yes, uh, there's also okay. Hang on, you're you're, you're messing me up. But think about. Rebel FM is also available on iTunes, uh, so you can subscribe to it there, and it'll soon be in Zoom Marketplace. Uh, the the one up show, um, the guys who did the one up show, uh, the they are. You can go to talkingorange.com, and they have some stuff there. Uh, but they're not. That's not where the whatever their new video thing is going to be. It's just a uh, placeholder for now. Right. But that's where they'll announce it. Um, Ryan uh, Scott has. His uh, blog site back up, which is the, which is uh, geekbox.net. Oh, he's so blogging geek, again. Good. Yeah, geekbox.net. Um, he's putting stuff up there, what and the then hell? you can follow almost almost all the X One Up editors on Twitter. Twitter. Uh, for people who aren't using Twitter, you should definitely get on that. It's like I, I really like it. It's a nice way to constantly keep track of people. Um, we're all Big Brother now, um, and uh, <laughs> most like I said, most of them have. Uh, Twitter pages uh, like Ryan Scott uh, and um, like the One Up Show guys and uh, a lot like Philip Kohler, Nick Sutner, Anthony Gallegos, like all of them, they all have Twitter pages and then a bunch of other people and they all like link off of each other so you can kind of gather up everybody in one shot and then they're that's basically where they're announcing stuff first is on Twitter 
and uh, so you'll constantly be able to keep track of what they're doing through that. Um, so I just want to I want to really pimp that out. I guess the easiest way to uh, to um, start out if you're going to do Twitter is to follow either uh, Nick Sutner or Philip Kohler. Nick Sutner is just N S U T T N E R, and uh, Philip Kohler is P K O L L A R on Twitter. So you can get on Twitter and follow either one of those guys and then find everybody else. So I just wanted to pimp that for them. Um, and uh, was there other stuff in the question? It was a long email and I got dropped out of the call, so I don't know what I missed. Uh, no, that was pretty much, he was, he was lamenting. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. There was much lamenting and laminating. Um, but if I were in their specific position, um, and, and this is taking into account that a whole mess of them got laid off at the same time, I would probably do the giant bomb route or do the talking orange route, basically doing what they do and trying to find a way to make it work. Um, and they said that they were going to monetize, they're going to have to find a way to monetize it, which I would gladly pay for, um, as, you know, as a, as a, as a, as a member of the audience. But yeah, if it was just me who got laid off, um, I'd probably dabble around in freelance work and then try to make use of my college major, which wasn't in journalism, so th- that's probably the only thing I've got going for me. So, um... But yeah, I just because in this climate, um, I don't know. It, it seems like it'd be hard to get work trying to freelance, especially with, you know. And I guess this is a fictional situation because I just said if it was just me, which implies that not there weren't forty people who just got laid off. But I don't know. It just seems hard to get it. You know, it's it seems hard to to get it picked back up. But I, I would assume that if I were in their position, like my name would be known enough such that if I was if I went to an old friend and be like, hey, look, I just got laid off. Can I do some freelance work for you? I would be all right. But I don't know if I'd want to pursue that immediately or at least for a long until I you know figured out where the economy's going and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. So let me see. Is there anything else on the EGM thing? No, I think that's about it. That was Gideon and that was um, uh, Screw Top. Um, there's well, actually there's one from uh, Edu Buccaneer. He says, let's consider what we've all seen after the shocks of the website closure and huge firings over the past few years in the form of former employees voicing internal problems at their times working in these companies, uh, Frank and Jeff in their respective blogs. With that sort of information in mind, and I totally forgot to paste the question for you guys. I'm an asshat. Um, okay. How do you think many of these editorial websites are organized in terms of working environment, logistics, and overall production? Seeing the reaction of people already out of the company by the time the serious events happened, I, for one, can see that not everything was rosy when those events took place. That's pretty much a given. Mm-hmm. Let alone when these people were still working there. What is your opinion on the matter? Do you think, uh, do you think there's some grain worth looking into existing websites and or publications regarding this? I don't know what he means about grain or whatnot, but okay, there you go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I anybody? think he just means that you think it's worth it. Okay, okay. Oh, worth a grain of salt, I guess. I don't know. Um, let's see. The he's uh, when the whole Gersman thing kind of happened. Um, there was there there were blogs about how like not only the Gersman situation was mishandled, but about how um, how the organization was just kind of shit uh, after Greg Kasavin left to, to go to EA like the the business side of things kind of ran stuff like shit I don't know there's this whole mess of a uh, uh, controversy there before the Gersman thing happened and then with 1UP um, like Pete said already it's it was all about like the organization was just run really shitty um, I mean not just 1UP but Ziff in general 
um, if you want to read about this stuff, um, uh, well, Pete already mentioned Jeff Green's blog, so you go there and he he he's, he kind of rants off about that. Um, but to your question specifically, what sort of uh, with that sort of info in mind, how do you think these editorial websites are organized in terms of a working environment, logistics, and overall production? Uh, has anybody worked at a newspaper or a publication before? No. No. Um. I mean, I'm assuming that it's a company that's run just like any other company, where you got your people working in an office, and then you have your middle management kind of working with those people in the office, and then the people who <laughs> really make those industry-wide decisions, not industry, uh, company-wide decisions, they may work, well, they work separate, separately, to the point where, you know, once these decisions are made, it could either go into everybody's in a big ass meeting and it's like, all right, you guys gotta leave or they come to the office and there's a big ass padlock on the door or they come into work thinking that everything's fine and then they get all told that they have to go home by their supervisor. And then they're like, Yeah, I know, it's really messed up, I'm sorry, it's not my decision, but we gotta go home. You know? Or you ain't gotta go home, gotta get the fuck up out of here. <laughs> And, you know, that's kind of like how it happened with the claim. It was just like, you know, we went to work, and we knew shit was going down. And you always know that shit is going down because something really effed up will happen. Uh, Either you don't get paid, or you hear that there's not enough money to pay people, but you get paid anyway. Or, um, you know, you just know that the company's stock is being threatened like midway they're being threatened to get taken off the stock market you know just there are signs that a company is going to lay its people off soon you just don't know when and you just come into work and it's like all right let me go get everything started you know you pull out all your resources and you kind of get started with working and then five minutes later you're like you have no more job here's a box put your shit in it get out yeah Yeah. not even sometimes not even here's a box right it's uh you might find a box somewhere around here, you know, you got about 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Or your chair is gone, and in its place is a box. And when you sit down in it, you realize that's not what it's for. You're fucked. But um, actually, to to uh, to go, to give you guys details on what, uh, and I, Pete, I think you're aware of this. You've been following this pretty closely, um, of what uh, Edu was saying that Jeff was talking about. Or or not even Jeff, but I was, on, I was trolling NeoGAF, which I rarely do because it's full of trolls. But I was like looking through NeoGAF, and I saw a post from Luke Smith. He was like, he was like, uh, because what happened was a news story about the buyout came from this website called paidcontent.org. Mm-hmm. Then they're like, oh, shit. I don't think we're supposed to print that. Let's pull it out. And then the Zip employees are like, dude, what? What? Wait, buyout? What? This happened already? What? 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 Oh, crap. Oh, no. They're calling us into a meeting. Uh-oh. I'm screwed. Um, and so, like, they Luke Smith on on NeoGAF basically posted and let me let me get the actual post here. Um, here's a post. Come on, open up little notepad. Be a good little boy. Open the fuck up. There we go. Um, let's see. Luke Smith. Luke Smith. Luke Smith. Luke Smith. <laughs> he says, unsurprising but super unfortunate that the staffers heard about this via a leak rather than being told. That's and so up. and so someone posted back. He's like, are you sure that's how it went down? And he said, yes, I am. And so it's like, and this, this happened, I mean, for you, Al, like, was it kind of like a, a, it wasn't a kind of thing where it was just like, 
okay, we're gonna we're gonna bring people in and, and have a chat with them and see where they stand in the company. It was more like shit. Uh, stuff is down the tubes. Do it now. Cut these people. Um. Yeah. We. Um. We did. I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember the uh, conference room that. Before was before you go on, I gotta read what Tony said about the whole mm-hmm. box replacing oh, the yeah. chair with a box. He says, "Or oh, your building's gone, and in this place, a box." Uh, <laughs> go ahead, Al. Sorry. <laughs> um. No, I don't even think that we were brought into a room about it because I can't recall sitting in a conference room and being told that I had to go home. I remember going in, get my Xbox, starting 100 Bullets, getting my day started on, and then all of a sudden it was like, all right, everybody, turn off your, your systems and uh, pack everything up. Uh, we got to go. The the place is being shut down. And I was like, what? Wow. So you, know, so you didn't even, like that. You didn't even have the benefit of a leak. It was like... Do, 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 do. I'm Sneakers O'Toole, I'm not taking my shoes off, I'm Sneakers O'Toole, what the fuck? And then you're gone. Pretty much. Oh. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, this th- that's like kind of the worst thing. Um, I, it's kind of like, and t- I hate to keep on paralleling this back to the, to the GameSpot thing, but like on those blogs, like they were saying about how, and bear in mind, this is a different ge- situation from GameSpot. That that had whole other implications, but the, the, the kind of heavy-handedness is similar, where, you know, he comes in, and he finds his door locked, you know, and it's mm-hmm. and, and then like other people are like, "What's going on?" And then later they call a meeting and say, "Hey, so yeah, uh, if you haven't noticed, he's gone now." And I don't know if that's how it's went, how it went down. Somebody help Can me I? here. Yeah, because I can't remember uh, what the blogger said. Okay, uh, so this is basically from what I've what I what I gather from listening to Rebel FM and the guys talking and twittering and stuff about what happened. Um, there was the leaked article or whatever, which was pulled right away, but not before it was picked up by uh, what they, what they play. play. Right, right, right. And then, but the guys at One Up already knew that a buyout was coming, right? And that uh, there was a chance that some of them would be laid off. They didn't know who or when it was going to happen or, this, or how it was going to happen or this many. Yeah, um, and it's not like they came into work and were told like like there. It's not like they came into work and there was a box or something. Right. They came right. in. They started their day, and then there. Uh, there was a meeting called where the buyout had happened, and it was explained, you know, that people were going to have to be terminated, and this is who's going to be terminated. So they were at least given the benefit of you know being talked to yeah. about it rather than just or some okay, some premonition. Hap- right. Rather than it just being okay, it happened. Get out. Like, but I mean, pretty that kind of is what happened. But it was at least a little bit extended. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think they were told that they had to uh, pack up their stuff. Um, you know, by a certain time that day or whatever. Uh, but it wasn't. It wasn't so much a like, okay, you're fired. Get out in the right. next fifteen minutes. Sure, sure. No, 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 no. Um, that's not at all. But I mean, the implication right. there. Before you continue, the implication there was just like, um, the buyout thing was. I mean, like the fact that it happened through a leak instead of initially an email, and then somebody reported on it. That's kind of like the reverse of what should be happening. Right. Well, I mean, like again, they they knew that it was coming, right. so it's not oh, yeah. like it no, was no, a complete absolutely. surprise. I mean, I'm not I'm not like saying that it, like it's right or anything, but uh. I mean, because I completely sympathize with them, right? But I'm just saying that it's it's not as bad as like the 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 GameSpot thing or like what Al just said about like what happened with him right. and stuff, right? Um, they got Krispy Kreme too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean they got to they got to like pack up and say goodbye to their friends and like you know at least have a goodbye and everything. Yeah, and then some well, I fan had a goodbye too. It's just that it was in the parking lot. 
<laughs> Dude, no, but some some fan came by the building and caught them just in time and had like two big boxes of Krispy Kreme for them, like yeah, like, which is pretty cool. Um, didn't Ryan and Matt said that like they saw the writing on the wall, right? Because it's like they knew the show wasn't making money and they knew the hammer was going to drop. It's just they didn't know when. Right. Yeah. Some of them knew for a while that things were going to happen. Um. Yeah. Like, Ryan O'Donnell definitely said that. Uh. He knew that the ad, uh, ad, ad structure was not working for one up. Uh. One up. The one up show, and they were not making any money, and that management was noticing that they were putting a lot more money into making the show than any in any way recouping any of that so yeah it was pretty much just a matter of time and i think that that a lot of people knew that it was a matter of time even the egm people knew it was a matter of time and they were just trying to you know hold out as long as they can and like uh like jeff green says it's like you know it a kind of all comes back to the fact that ziff davis just managed the entire like their entire uh one up property wrong and like they've been having financial problems and have been trying to just get rid of the whole thing for a while just sell it off and so in a way UGO was the one to come and say like at least save the name when nobody else would step up and buy it and um like like a lot of the ex one of employees have said you know you, you can't really hate UGO for right, it because right. that needs to be emphasized just, right they're just trying to do what they have to do and like again in the tough economic climbs it means that people had to be laid off and it sucks yeah. that it had to be so many but um yeah uh i think uh the main problem is with uh this whole situation is again from jeff green's blog and like uh what was talked about in uh edward Ed- edry buccaneer's thing there um like someone like sam kennedy is stuck in a uh in a hard place this is what i was trying to like i tried to say earlier but uh he had come out with the blog entry or the uh the basically the press release stating about the whole UGO buyout and like trying to be all up, upbeat about it saying that you know things will still be the same we'll still bring you the same great one up content and everything um yeah uh so he he came out trying to be upbeat about it and it's just when you have that many loyal fans and like of that many people who were laid off it just uh it doesn't sound it's right. not going to work right yeah. and it just everything kind of fell apart in the same way that uh, the same way that the GameSpot thing was handled. It's just like you can't handle these situations well enough to not have people hate the new guys, so to speak. <laughs> right. It's like, um, yeah. I mean, go ahead. Uh, it, like it's it's funny because um, a lot of people, and you know, it's it's not a it's not like this surprising, you know, but a lot of people. Where we're sitting there going like, oh, screw UGO. Oh, UGO's blah, 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 blah. Oh, they're a bunch of shit. And then they go to their site and see boobies. And they're like, oh, UGO's a piece of shit. And I went there, and I looked at, at, at the site, and I was like, all right, this is kind of like IGN. I don't know what the editorial content is like. I'm not going to judge them for that. But my, my, you know, what I fear is, you know, one up gets bought by them. New people come, and they're looking for a site to, to, to look at. They're looking for a source of news. And then they see it, and they, they, they see its parent site, and then they, they make the rash knee-jerk judgment that, oh, this site isn't the one for me because, oh, uh, because, because they, they have features on, like, girls every week. And, you know, right. they're trying to, as Jeff Green put it, they're pandering to the lowest common denominator. And they are. Absolutely, they, yeah. they are. There's no, like, there's, there's no... If ands or buts about it, they are for better or for worse. That's what they're doing, and it's not the EUGO staffers' problem. It's 
the, the parent company, that's how they wanted to operate. So it's not making. And the thing is that it, apparently it, that's what works for them because they were able to buy out one up. Right. So they, pandering no, to the lowest common denominator means it, money, it, it, apparently. Yeah. And so oh, it's yeah. like. It usually does. You know, it's not a, yeah. it's not a judgment. That that's what they're doing. Um, and so I fear that that image may unfairly hurt what one up could become in the future. And that, that's what I was fearing. Um, the, the other thing is that, though, that, like you said, I mean, they did what they could to kind of save it. If we're going to. You know, people have the right to be a little cynical. Because there's always there's always damage control. There's no part of a person that's, you know, going to be completely 100 percent, you know, honest 100 percent of the time. So, you know, forgive people for being a little bit cynical, but you don't have to go out there and be like, UGO sucks. It's a piece of shit, and you've never read it before. You know, yeah. There, there, there's no reason for that. Um, I, I would. I'm. I'll, I'll be hoping to see where it goes. All the people who are saying I'm never going to touch One Up again because it's owned by it's owned by UGO. What you are doing is you are insulting everybody from One Up who was there before and who is still there. You are basically, you know, it's not going to be the same, of course, but you're taking away the faith in their ability to do what they do best, and that's kind of what angered me about the GameSpot thing is that it was worse because there was a stigma of advertising above their head and like that whole like kind of bribery stuff, but like. I knew those people who were still there were good for it. And so you you can't really just jump to a snap decision. I know a lot of people did, um, and I know that there's more reason for it, but you, you just can't just do that. And I just remember seeing editors' blogs, like, not not even editors, but people who worked there, they were just like, hey, uh, so I still live here. Please stop trying to set fire to my house. And it's like, you know, just right. just, just hold on, sit back, and, and see what happens. Um, so, yeah, all those people out there I saying, I hate UGO, give it a month. Give it a month. Uh, Pete, you were saying something? I just want to make one final comment then on that because uh, I'm guilty of the whole leaving GameSpot thing because uh, when the Gersman thing happened, I was pretty much like, assume, I pretty much assumed with along with everybody else that it was because of the whole advertising management thing. And um, I left to go to 1UP, like I said. And But the thing is, I still do... I still do visit GameSpot occasionally. Um, I don't. I'm not. I don't take part in the community. And I would say the same thing goes for this. Like you know, maybe you know, check back on UGO and One Up like in the future and take a look at the content that the people who are still there are providing because it might still be good. You don't have to necessarily want to be part of the community, but yeah, at least um, if you still like the people who are left there that were part of One Up, go back and check out their content. Because I mean, I still do that for for GameSpot. I'll go back and check out content and stuff. But like I said. As far as a community thing, I just want to be part of the community of people that I've been like following and respect. People like Jeff Gersman and Jeff Green and Sean Elliott, and even though he well, he just you know he he all Sean Elliott does now is Twitter random things. But you get my <laughs> point is is that like I just want to interact with the people that I've been following, but I still want to I still want to expose myself to any good content, no matter where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we move off, Al Kelly, have anything? Any last words on this uh, fiat? Not fiasco, but thing. Before I move on to parents, um, I'm quiet. You're quiet, Kelly. No, I think it's been covered. Uh, all right, we beat this dead horse into the ground. Let's take a break and move on. <laughs> We are at the main topic, 
which belongs to Kelly May, for which she won a prize, that being the parka from Newegg. Did, did it actually uh, fit? No, I, I uh, took it out and put it up in my game room. Oh, nice. Okay, so it's, so it's, so it's breathing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, would you care to read your question for those who weren't satisfied with the way that we read it so many weeks ago? Instead of us going, Hey, Mr. Tupac, it's me. Hey, Mr. GameSpot. I want to swear, so I decided I... That's, that's, probably how, that's probably how we sounded, so. Uh, talk about the responsibility of parents of gamers, um, which I know sounds like a lame topic, because it kind of does. But um, parents do have responsibilities to their kids as far as gaming goes. So, yeah, let's talk about that. Um, you guys okay. know that... I mean, I'm hella older than you all, right? You are? Like 40. I'm, you know, 40 years old. I've been gaming for longer than a lot of people have been alive. Oh, I thought... I th- somehow I thought you were still 30-something. I'm sorry. Yeah, Go ahead. That's okay. <laughs> um, <coughs> anyway, uh, so I've been gaming for pretty much ever, since about 1975. Um, and my son games now, and he's eight, so, you know, Mm -hmm. he wants to, he wants to play what I'm playing a lot of the time, which sometimes is okay, and sometimes is not okay. Um, Gears of War. Yeah, Gears (laughs) of War. Actually, uh, my son, my son plays Gears of War. My eight-year-old does play Gears of War. I don't have a problem with Gears of War. Yes. Okay. He, He does. Um, and I'll tell you why, because if you look at Gears... It's the good guys, which is us, against a bunch of bad guys, which are aliens. Um, and right. swearing and bloodshed aside, I don't think that necessarily sends a bad message. I mean, cursing, you, there's five-year-olds walking around, fuck you, fuck them at school. You know? like oh, yes, there are. When I, I was mean, five, that's, I had potty mouth. Yeah, I think we all did. But uh, So I don't really see the cursing as a problem, and... The bloodshed and stuff. I mean, it, it's it's pixels on a screen, you know. It's not like he's out there with an AK forty seven. Um, I have a problem with games like Grand Theft Auto, like in playing things like that. Games that are closer to like a real life simulation than a game. I have a little bit of a problem with. We have uh, technical difficulties. I repeat, we have technical difficulties with the internet. Somebody, please get the internet back online. We need to fix it up or on the internet. Over. It's the Austin and Pete show. Will somebody please get these two clowns off the freaking EAP We're gonna cut back in. There's no way, good way to segue this, so I'm just gonna do a beep in technical, <laughs> technical issues. I don't know. We, but, we just got through some fucked up shit. <laughs> Kelly, just re quickly ca- recap what you were saying. Yeah. Just so Al can go off of it. Oh, okay. Um, Just that, yeah, I mean. There's a lot of responsibilities that parents have to kids, I think, but it depends on the content. I mean, just because something is basically rated mature or teen or whatever, uh, I think it's still parental discretion. Right. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, That's it, Al. That's all that's I have it. to say. You agree, oh, and then well, you're going to go house Yeah, up. I thought you were continuing. <laughs> no, uh, we're going to go to you because you have to go soon. Oh, yeah, that kind of makes a lot of sense, right? <laughs> Preach on. <laughs> well. Yes, it does make sense. This is how I feel. I feel yeah. that uh, it yeah. certainly is parental discretion. And parental discretion was a completely different thing when I was a kid than what it is now, obviously. Mm. Because parental discretion for me when I was a kid was just, is this game too difficult for my son? 
um, will my son enjoy this game? You know, all games were really just, they were for kids. You know, you can't really say that there's anything wrong with games like, you know, Mario Brothers Wrecking Crew and um, Gradius and uh, Russian Attack. Custer's Revenge. Contra, Castlevania, you know, I mean, these games dealt with some mature themes, of course. I mean, come on, Russian Attack, which technically <laughs> is a mask, but it's still, you're a soldier, and all you do is run around and kill people. Rush and attack them. Right. Except, um, that being that it was a video game, and it was not made to look realistic or anything like that, it is something that um, was acceptable. You know, I played that game, and the only thing that, you know, really affected me mentally was just how difficult it was. <laughs> I couldn't pass the fourth stage or whatever for the life of me. And it didn't make me want to hurt anybody or anything like that. Um, so, like, parents definitely have a much wider responsibility uh, now in this day and age. And I think that if parents can properly gauge their kids... If their kids are intelligent and aware of things in life, I think they'll be able to accept things beyond their age level. Like how you do, Kelly. You allow your son to play uh, Gears of War, and he's not 17, but that's because you properly gauged your son such that he will be able to play the game and be able to mentally absorb it as something that is positive for his own well-being, right? Uh, a lot of people don't do that. A lot of people, they'll just let their kids play anything and their kids aren't really mentally equipped to handle the themes in a realistic way. You know, people who think that games such as Grand Theft Auto are uh, cool things to do, like ways of life that they can follow. Uh, it's kind of like the kid who watches uh, people in the street like deal drugs and say, oh, that life is for me. Um... Uh, so basically, that I guess is the my response to your first. Uh, well, I guess it's not really the first. It's, that's just your question. The uh, parents' responsibility towards uh, their children as gamers. Uh, um, the only other thing I could really say is that, like, when I was talking about my parents and their responsibility is toward the difficulty of games to me. I always talk about this, and I'm pretty sure I've talked about this on the cast before, but uh, one game I didn't get when I was younger was Ice Climbers. And I didn't get Ice Climbers because it was just too hard for me. That was what my parents have decided for me because it was difficult for them, and they thought that I would not enjoy the game that they spent money on because I wouldn't be able to get anywhere in it. But you better than them! Well, I'm better than them now. <laughs> but back when I was five or six years old, I don't think I was better than them. Um, you know, I think when I was a kid, I needed help in my games. But anyway, you know, when it goes further than that, it, it, there really wasn't any um, parental interaction because of the reason I've stated before. They properly gauged my mental uh, capacity for themes and games, you know, playing things like Splatterhouse and playing things like, um, I'm trying to think of some controversial, well, Mortal Kombat. Mortal even. Kombat, yeah. Mortal Kombat and, um, going to arcades and playing stuff like Time Killers and, 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, all those shitty, like, oh. really cut people up games. You know, my father used to take me to arcades all the time, and we used to spend loads of money on that game. Why? I have no idea. <laughs> I, I guess I kind of, I kind of liked playing it when I was ten or nine years old. But now I find me dead playing Time Killers. <laughs> maybe Bloodstorm, but that that would you're like be maybe that one's not as bad. <laughs> yeah, even though it's the exact same game with just better graphics. Um. So uh, <laughs> he told tell me. Yeah, I had to. <laughs> oh my god. Um, yeah. So, let's see. As I got older, um, it was all just up to me. And I think that when I have children, um, you know, of course I'm gonna be still into games, and I'm gonna be the authority on uh, the, my children's game playing habits if they happen to be into it. And I'm gonna properly gauge my kids mental capacity for these things and give them what they can handle because of course I'm going to have this in- intense extended library of games that are really meant for me because you know you have really tough games in my collection and uh, not just anybody can play the stuff that I play you know Gradius 5 as an example <laughs> Guilty Gear you know even Guitar Hero you played on Expert right and um who in the hell is calling me from an 801 number? Um, 801. Five, five, five. Fo, 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 fo. So, you know, I have, like, some games that are family-friendly and whatnot, but most of my games are in the T and M and, you know, rip your hair out difficulty, Ikaruga. <laughs> right. So, um, that will be something that I'll have to kind of... I guess it's a part of training my kids Mm -hmm. from my point of view because if I want them to be good gamers which of course uh, what what parent doesn't want their kids to be good at games if they're going to play them right Mm -hmm. Um, I I would want to have them play the best and play the the most difficult ones so that they can have an appreciation Um, they can all play Final Fantasy 8 maybe we'll we'll make that like family night we'll play Final Fantasy 8 together (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I'll be and like, you, and um, you, you yeah. Can, you you I, can tell them this is why this game is terrible. Yeah, and I'll have them play it, and they might like it. And, and like, well, this is I'll why say, you don't get dinner tonight. And watch. And I'm like, oh wow, this is the first time I ever saw this. Should be a cutscene from this too. Yeah. So, um, I just hope that soon people will just realize that they have to take more of a stake in their children's. Uh, game playing activities I mean I was really about to say parents need to take more stake in their child's lives because it doesn't seem like they're doing that in the first place either right. but um, I think that they need to really be a little more active if they're uh, if they <laughs> wait Pete, are you talking about this yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe I should stop playing with stuff that's my tape measure I was just locking the tape slapping skin <laughs> Bitch. All right. Anyway, um, uh, I think that you know things with like the ESRB and ratings and all of the crap would probably be a lot more useful when parents are more active in their children's gameplay lives. 
Right. I'm gonna stop rambling. Rambling, rambling, man. Um, Do you want to go before somebody else rambles? Yeah, I'm gonna go before somebody. Boo! Else. All right. I hope I've contributed. We bid we we bid apartment hunter farewell. He's yeah. moving into a mansion. I think I might actually have one. I'm just kind of looking at this to see if it's better. Oh, well, I actually do have one, and I'm looking at this to see if it's better. Okay. Wish him happy hunting, or else you're an asshole. You yeah. listeners well, out there. And remember... What is it? XML2K.blogspot.com? XLM2K.blogspot.com. Is that what I said? Yeah, that's what you he said. You said XML. Like the language. Oh, whoops. I thought he said last time. I thought <laughs> last time he said XML. This time he said... I don't know. XLM2K at... Blogspot.blogspot.com. There we go. Um, follow my blog. You, I've added a whole bunch of new stuff to the right-hand side, and you can click, and you can show your allegiance to me. <laughs> allegiance? Yeah. And, donations! And, and donations! Plus, leave comments, as usual. Yeah. 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 All right, peace out, Al. Later. Peace out, yeah. Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts. Okay. All right, should I? That asshole's finally gone. <laughs> Fuck him. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Pete, sure, go ahead. Oh, okay. I don't, I mean, I don't have much to say on the subject, but because uh, I'm not going to, like, I, I don't know how I'm going to be when I'm a parent, but all I can go off is how my parents were with me and the way I think of other parents today. Mm-hmm. So some people like me and Al have grown up with parents that were kind of, like, very accepting and stuff and even joined in in our hobbies with us. Mm-hmm. Um, So for me... I grew up with a, a a dad who was a gamer, and honestly, to him, I don't think there was any game that he would have not let me play. Mm. Uh, I mean, there probably were like obviously, I wasn't probably allowed to play anything like any erotic video games. Erotic, but uh, like violence was never really an issue. Um, in video games though, like my dad never seemed to have a problem with me playing. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't remember how old I was when Mortal Kombat first came out, but I'm sure I was pretty young, and, like, he never had a problem with me playing that or, um, I don't know, other stuff that I can't think of off the top of my head. But it's weird because there were, like, TV shows or movies or stuff that he would try to keep me away from for, like, violence or sexual content and stuff like that. So it's weird that, like, video games were actually the okay thing and other forms of entertainment weren't, whereas most people would, would – it would be the opposite. Right, right. Um, but uh, today, um, it seems like there's there's a lot of parents. Like we're still in that transitional period of where not all parents have grown up with video games being such a a big important part of the world. So there's still people that out there that don't just don't understand them, mm-hmm. and so they still probably assume the whole like video games are for kids thing. It doesn't matter what I buy my kid because it's it's a video game. It can't be harmful. Or there's also the parents that are just like they'll give in to anything their kids want and, you know, if they cry enough for Grand Theft Auto 4, they'll get it. Um so <clears throat> I think that that's the major problem and that it is like you you have people like Jack Thompson harping on things like the ESRB and whatever and well not anymore obviously, but uh, since Kelly May brought him up in his in her question, uh, that's why. I'm oh, she will. Him up. Oh, she'll bring it up again. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, you have hit, you have him harping on things like the ESRB and stuff, and not willing to point out that it's the parents' possible fault because he is also one of those people that just doesn't understand games and stuff. Sure. So why would he like want to demonize himself along with everyone else? Um, but uh, I think I mean I mean it, it's just. I guess a matter of fact that as time goes on, you know, those of us that like 
uh, will become parents have grown up with video games. So, like, it'll stop being less of a problem, and we will take the responsibility because we know better. Um, we know that, like, what we know that there are different types of video games. We know that there are games that for are for kids, and we know there are games that are for adults. So, uh, we will take a more active role in that kind of uh, entertainment if our children choose to, you know, take up that hobby. Um, but yeah, just as the quick answer to the question is that I definitely think it's the parents' responsibility, and I wish more parents would take responsibility instead of just, uh, just instead of just slacking off. But I mean, it, that's not just with video games. You see that with anything. Parents just like in general, it seems like a lot of parents just don't take care of their kids right today. Right. Uh, so Kelly, I hear I hear you have a um an essay, a dissertation of sorts on uh, on Thack Johnson. Would you care to elaborate? Oh, my buddy Jack. Uh, first, <laughs> yeah, I've had uh, I've had several email discussions with Mr. Thompson over the years. Actually, uh, he's a bit of a nut bar. Um, first thing I want to make clear is that anybody, I don't care who it is, like a fourteen-year-old kid, a fifty-year-old man, if they play a video game and they emulate that game and go kill someone. Okay, their bag of fucking Doritos is not full to begin with. Okay? <laughs> it's got nothing to do with the games. Any more than it's got anything to do with movies or music or anything else. Uh, people are going to do what they're going to do. And they may, you know, okay, the correlation, oh, I saw a gun on TV and I have a gun. Maybe, you know, it's a stretch, but maybe, but... Uh, Video games or movies are not the cause of anything unto themselves. I don't believe that for a second. Uh, Jack Thompson trying to... I mean, this fucking crusade he's gone on (laughs) attacking developers is retarded. I mean, this man, I honestly believe, has a mental capacity of a fucking two-year-old. He's... uh, I mean, to take the leap from... Okay, here's a kid who has a parent who buys the games to. It's the fucking developer's fault? Come on. Fuck. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, it, 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 the bottom line is it comes down to the parents. The parents fund the games. And if they don't want their kids playing a game, it's up to them to say, no, it's not to them to go, oh my god, Jack Thompson's right, the game's at fault. <laughs> you know, but there, there's so many things in this subject, like, for instance, do you guys remember when uh, GTA 4 came out? Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Okay, well, a friend of mine was in a video store uh, to pick up his copy of GTA 4, and uh, he had a, a lady in front of him in line with uh, a 10-year-old boy and a younger girl running around the store. Now, she saw his copy of GTA 4, and she turned around and berated him about how he was going to hell for playing this game. I kid you not. Wow. Wow. And as she was, uh, you know, telling him how evil he was, her son came up with a copy of Saints Row, a used copy of Saints Row, (laughs) Uh held up the box, you know, so you could see Saints Row, and uh, said, you know, can I have this? And she smiled down at this kid, didn't touch the box, didn't flip it over to look at the ESRB rating, said, sure, honey. 
patted him on wow. the head and turned back to my friend again with this smug fucking smile on her face like I've raised such a good boy. Oh That's God. where the problem is. People, parents like that, okay, they don't have a fucking clue about these games. Oh, Saints Row, it must be about church? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I well, they, they, they did make their base in a church. Well, they did. yeah, there's oh, that. Yeah, I, I completely didn't even make that association at first, Saints Row. Wow. I wonder if the kid knew what it was. Of course he did. Of course yeah, he did. Kids, how, kids how old... today's they're slick as goose shit, I'll yeah. tell you. <laughs> slick as goose. I gotta, I gotta use that in my vocabulary. How old was this kid again? I may have missed how old he was. He or was how about old did 10. Did he look? Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's that. Yeah, that that's smart. That that's really mm-hmm. smart, there, mother. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I, I mean, they both brought up valid points. You know, Alan Pete bro- both brought up valid points that parents don't know. I mean, parents that are having kids today are at an age where there was a gap kind of in gaming. And Mm -hmm. they don't know what it's about. And they're disinclined to care what it's about. They hear game, and that's what they think, right? Like Monopoly. Mm -hmm. They're not thinking about, you know, what the content is on these discs, a lot of them. And a lot of them are, are frankly, too busy trying to be buddies with their kids. And they'll just let them Mm -hmm. play whatever. Right. You know, and that's, that's what gives the people like, that fucking asshat Thompson, his <laughs> ammunition. Right. So okay, I'm done my rant now. <laughs> that was very, that was very, that was very, uh, very poignant. Uh, we're getting. <laughs> let's see, what are we getting in the chat window? Oh, we're talking about, we're talking about when we April Fools, uh, fools. Uh, April. That's not a verb. We're talking about when we, when we uh, April fooled Tony into thinking that Jack Thompson had emailed us. Um, this was on April Fool's and Day, two thousand seven. Pathetically tried to pretend like he had a heart attack. Yeah, that was that, that was poorly done, but um, yeah, that was April Fool's Day, two thousand seven. If anybody wants to hear Jack Thompson emailing Tony, but um, I, I wanted to say uh, as for, just in relation to the whole story you just said there, if I was the if I was a game, st- I think you said I was in a GameStop. If I was an employee at that store, I would have told the woman to get the hell out for harassing my other customers. Right. <laughs> Fuck her. Um, <laughs> But um okay so so it's it's um it, there's no question in my mind at least uh, and and all three of you guys have already made it clear well, two of you and then the the absent one with the hair uh have made it perfectly you know perfectly good points that it is in the hands of the parents they're the chaperones they're the gatekeepers they're the ones who control it um what do you do though in a situation where um where let's say the kid goes to a friend's house um, and, 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 and let's bear in mind that like not all kids really have their, really are, um, cognizant of what's what, like, for example, me, um, word Pete's 27, yo, like for me, um, either chat window stuff going on. I, um, you know, me and my friends, we saw Mortal Kombat. So what, you know, we didn't, we didn't go off trying to rip each other's people's heads off. I think that's the, uh, that's the stereotype. That, oh, you're going to see Mortal Kombat. You're going to start killing people and all that stuff. You know, I, I grew up playing. Wolfenstein 3D. I didn't think it was. I, I didn't think it was okay to go around shooting people, but I, I realized that was within the context of the game. Um, there's some kids who are in the developmental stage where they're not exactly there yet. So when you consider that, what what do you what do you do, or or what's the best course of action, or what else are your thoughts on like they go to a friend's house and they play GTA, and and it's out of it's kind of out of your control in some um, certain way. Well, it's not really. I mean, it, and once you're a parent. 
you will understand. I mean, I'm sure you've heard that 80 billion times, but it's very true. Uh, the kids that my child plays with, I, I speak to their parents. I know what's going on in the house. And okay. it, if it's something right. that I'm not down with, he just flat out doesn't go. Okay. Okay. So, so there, okay. There's, cause, cause I mean, the, a lot of the, a lot of the, um, the misinformation that's out there. For example, there's this, there, there was this one interview with Cooper Lawrence on like Fox News, Fox News. Are we surprised? Um, about, um, like, uh, Matt, the, the sex scene in Mass Effect and, they, like the the panel at the, was they were like oh my god I don't want my kid going to my you know to their best friend's house and watching like video game porn which it really isn't um, but they're like yeah I don't want them and I'm just like dude why don't you just say no or why don't you find out what they're doing instead of saying I don't want him walking into a house and I'm like do you realize that you know there there are things that you can do your game console first of all has parent parental measures like like a parental like uh, filter. So that your your kids can only play rated M rated rated M, wow <laughs> rated E games or rated T games or whatever you want to set it to. And furthermore, like don't you talk to your kids? He's like, I don't, I don't, I don't want my kid walking into a house and seeing that. I'm just like, uh, you know, that's why I was asking the question because I always thought that there was some measure of control, but people obviously th- seem to think that there are some things that are out of their hands. So, um, well, then there's also the money issue. You know, kids get money from some parents to do whatever they want with. Um, not, and I'm not talking about allowance, like, they, they just get, like, a, yeah, allowance, I guess. So, I mean, how do you control, how would you control that if you were to control it at all? Oh, yeah, I, uh, the thing about, I mean, there's two types of parents today, and I, and I really do believe it's, it is that black and white. There's the parents that are very aware of what's going on with their kids, and there's the parents who don't give a flying fuck what's going on with their kids, and there is no middle ground. Right. Um. Right. My son has, I mean, he gets money every week, just like, you know, a lot of kids. Uh, He buys games with that money. Right. He Mm -hmm. is not allowed to purchase games unless I am with him. Like, say he's out at a friend's house and they go to a mall, he flat out is not allowed to buy them. Um, But you have to remember that everybody, every kid on earth, I had one, you have one, everybody's got that friend, you know, the one that is allowed to do whatever the hell they want. Uh, and their right. parents have no clue about what they're doing, so talking to the parents is absolutely zero help whatsoever. Um, mm-hmm. But you can you can gauge if you're paying attention. You can gauge by the kids themselves who has you know some semblance of some parental control at home and who's just running wild. Um, I mean, Christopher does have a friend in his age group, uh, you know, between 8 and 10, that has a copy of GTA 4. And his parents willingly bought it for him. And I think that's Mm. patently ridiculous, but, you know, uh, not my call. Um, Right. And Christopher is not allowed to go there. The boy can come to our house to play, but he's not allowed to go there because his parents let him do what he wants. Uh And Christopher, just as an aside, is... Like I said, kids are slick. Um, my <laughs> GTA games, like I have them all, and I hate them. I'd like just to put that on the record. I'm not a fan of the GTA games. Uh, I don't like the whole sandbox thing, but uh, okay. I do have them all in the collection, and they're up away where I know where they are, and if they were removed, I would notice immediately. They're and where Christop- the top shelf liquor is. Yeah. Uh, Christopher <laughs> knows how a chair works, though, unfortunately. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah. So y- you do have to monitor your kids. I mean, he took uh, GTA San Andreas out, put the box back, 
and just put the disc into his console. Now, happily, he didn't get to play it for very long, but, you know, when you're a parent, or if there's parents out there, whatever, flip the fucking console door open once in a while, for God's sakes. Kids are notorious for not putting discs away. Um, They can hide a box easy enough if they do manage to get one home. I mean, I, I know lots of people that have done it. Uh, lots of people on game uh, on GameSpot that have done it, you know, uh, yeah. they'll buy the buy the game and lose the box. But the game will sit in the console because nobody thinks their parents are ever going to walk by and do that. I busted him within 15 minutes with that game <laughs> in the console. Nice. And uh, yeah, so he lost his Xbox for a month, and that was the last time that I'm aware of that we ever attempted to play GTA. Right. You know, but they'll try. I mean, kids will try. They they want to know why you don't want them to play certain games. And I mean, depending on the age, there's certain stuff you just don't want to have to explain. Right. You know, or that they're not ready really... for yet. Yeah, if they're not ready, you don't really want to have to explain what the purple thing is in the cop station at in in San Andreas. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, or 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 what implications? Of the, and this is kind of this is kind of. I guess I guess dark, but like what the implications of the the whole raping thing and then killing the hooker is, you know. There's actually no rape in the game, but it's like, like you know, the 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 idea that you can, you know, get a hooker to pleasure you to 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 restore your health and then kill her and then take her money back, you know, it's 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 again, it's ridiculous and it's just like it's there and it's like that's that's kind of obviously I'm not ever going to do that. We're not ever going to do that. But for a kid who's not ready for that. Who's not ready to understand the implications behind all of that stuff? Eh, that's a that's a slippery slope. Um, but we have some questions related to this topic as well. Oh wait, before you go into that, okay. I just wanted to do a uh, uh, Tony. I finally put an answer sort of to uh, the question because I wanted to hit, get his input on it. Okay, and he typed that this is not for just parents, but as human beings in general, take ownership of your failings, be it parenting, be it debt, be it accidentally knocking an old woman down because she was not as fast <laughs> as you. Um, and I just wanted to say personally uh, that, like, one last comment I had about it was mm-hmm. that, because uh, you, you were mentioning that kids are, Kelly, you were mentioning that kids are slick and they're, they're going to try to find ways to get what they want. And I think that just as human beings, like Tony said, like, uh, like okay, in my view, uh, sex and violence are just innately part of who we are. So the kids kids are going to be interested in that no matter how hard you try to av- keep it away from them. And eventually they're going to stumble upon it or find it. And it's the parents' responsibility to just be ready to educate their kids instead of just denying you know, that that stuff exists. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I totally agree with that. But uh, it comes back to... Uh, there's just, I mean, yes, there's sex and there's violence, and it's everywhere. I mean, it's not just video games. It's it's out on the schoolyard. It's on TV. It's on the radio. It's everywhere. And when questions arise, obviously we have to be ready to answer them, but I'm not going to put something in my kid's face that I don't think he's ready to see. Right. No, I'm not saying that. Like, I was just in general, just a general parent's responsibility type of thing. Yeah. Yeah, d- definitely, and and just for myself to say, I've knocked many an old woman down uh, because they're <laughs> slow, and I, I repent. But no, I, I've never. But onto the questions. Um, we're gonna go to our wi- our winning question for for those who don't know. Um, now you know. Uh, Kelly selected a, a random winner. Um, not a random winner, but based on based on what she thought would be a good question, which is Gideon. Why you didn't get chosen? I'm sorry, but you can keep my Beyond Good and Evil. Um, <clears throat> on. 
I took away the names for the people who sent in the questions, so it was totally random, no playing favorites, she was fair about it. And she read the questions off and decided which one she thought she'd get. A free game from my collection that I no longer play. Um, and that winner happened to be someone who shares my name, Austin Light, who is a fellow freelancer for GameSpot. Um, and I totally mispronounced that. But um, he asks, <laughs> Hey man, I haven't sent in a podcast question before, you ass. But I thought this time around since Kelly Leon. Oh, thanks. Uh, I'm sure she'll be an interesting mix of the group. So my question, I'm not sure what to ask. I guess it should be something about gaming and children and ratings and stuff. Do you play... Uh, actually, there are three questions here. Do you play a game before letting your son play it? Um. Yeah. It, yes. yes. Oh, wait, not me. Uh, I do to a point. I mean, if it's something I... Uh, obviously, that I have no concerns about, then no. But, I mean, something like Gears, yeah, I ran it for a bit before I made a decision to let him play it. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, if there's a question... Absolutely. Okay. Uh, when my mom banned Resident Evil, I just went to my friend's house to play it. What is your stance? I think we answered that already pretty much. What is your stance? A kid giving me under supervision, you don't let them. Okay. Exactly. Right? That, 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 okay. Third one. A friend of mine brought a friend of mine bought her son's each a DS for Christmas, and she came to ask me for a game advice. I asked her what her boys liked, and she said they were starting to get into Pokemon, UGOH, and other critter ad- gathering anime shows. I said that they have games for just about every cartoon, so she could probably find one they liked. And she said, I don't want them liking or playing Pokemon or any of those other Japanese... <laughs> I'm sorry. I... Whoa. I don't want them liking or playing Pokemon or any of those other Japanese shows because they make kids <coughs> obsessive. They go crazy trying to collect everything. I've never been around a child that has played these games, so I don't know if that's true. Has your son ever exhibited obsessive or aggressive behavior because <laughs> of a game? Well, uh, Christopher is a huge, huge Pokemon fan, um, and yeah, he does collect stuff, but I, he's never gotten obsessive about it, I don't think. I mean, he's got cards and games and freaking Pokemon sheets and pillowcases and stuff, but I, I, no, I wouldn't say obsessive. I mean, all kids collect stuff. Christ, they collect rocks and, yeah. you know, all that stuff. Uh, uh, I don't think, I mean, this... There's just this thing about games makes people crazy, I think, sometimes. Oh, my God, it's a game, so it must be inherently right. evil. Um, no, I don't I don't think uh, <laughs> games like that make kids obsessive and definitely not aggressive. Right, right. I, I, oh, you know what? I think there was – she was probably referring to this one story. Uh, and when I say she, I mean Austin's friend, not Austin, because obviously he is a man. But – uh her, she was um, probably referring to this, and I, and I could be fabricating this, but I, for some reason, I swore, I swear that I've seen this somewhere, that you know, on the player, like there's a story about some kids on the playground trying to trade Pokemon, and one got particularly started behaving oh, particularly heinous yeah. towards the other, just because like something, you know, there was a discrepancy in what was being traded, or so, you know, something like that. I don't even remember if that's a real story. I just remember that was a that was a well, there's worry. Been, there's been stories about kids like stabbing each other over All Pokemon right. stuff. Oh. Shit about Pokemon. See, but I, oh, wow. I, I just want to say, like, uh, to, an- to answer that part there, the Pokemon thing. Um, that just going back to what I said about, uh, like, violent. Okay, like about it being innate in human nature because, like, violent video games don't make people violent, and like collecting video games don't make people obsessive. It's just stuff that is in- inherent in human nature. So. If you give an obsessive person a game about collecting stuff, they will be obsessed with it. If you kind of like me, if you teach them how to gamble, they will probably get... see that. And that's where the thing is. It's like uh, no disrespect to Austin's friend at all. None, none whatsoever. She's just trying to like do the right thing. 
but it's just like it's like you said it's part of that persona if you it's why you know it's why some people like some people claim that like they they make the conscious decision to not drink or not smoke because they understand that they have an addictive personality or or obsessive behavior or same thing with going to gambling it's why i don't play mmos because i know that if i did i would like i would probably not be podcasting right now i'd probably be you know grinding or something <laughs> and i know that i don't want to get into that because i i have too many other things in my life other games and other activities that i enjoy so i don't i stay away from that stuff you know um but just you know don't try to you know pin it on you know those japanese shows because they make the kids obsessive i mean it's mar- it's it's all you know a genius combination of marketing and understanding the human psyche no matter what dude fucking spongebob okay kids gonna come home from school watch spongebob every every you know every episode they can get and they're gonna ask for the spongebob square pants pants they're gonna ask for the shirt they're gonna ask for the, the clothes they're gonna ask for the sponge you know they're gonna ask for the sponge candy they're gonna ask for the the sponge fish as a pet they're gonna ask for the drawn to life spongebob ds game i mean it's like all right it's it's going to ha- it, not saying that it's necessarily right, but it's going to happen regardless of whether or not it's a game. So it's not the kind of right frame of mind to sit there and go, okay, well, because who knows? Maybe he'll become a sports junkie, which you know some people might think is good. Which you know I certainly think is good for fitness, but not in the way that you might want him to. You know, he'll get all the memorabilia, and then he'll start doing stupid. He'll follow Tony Hawk, and then try to do like a a a, a nine hundred off the ramp, and then crack his head on you. You never know what it's going to be. It's going to be something. So I don't I just don't appreciate or or really agree with the pinning of pinning it on the Pokemons or the Jap or the Japanese shows, you know, or the Japanese games based on the Japanese shows based on little monsters that you collect and they're all Japanese. So yeah, I, yeah okay, I'm done. Uh next question. Um this is from Senor T Dub. Being in the unique position of being a lifetime gamer and a um, uh, you know what, let me paste this into the window before I read it. Like, I haven't been doing the otherwise. Okay, here we go. Being in a unique position of being a lifetime gamer and a mother to a youngster who is also into the hobby, how do you propose the industry should educate naive parents on the content of games? Should there be a more in-depth rating system, some type of newsletter in stores to explain the ratings and the latest releases, employees who are more likely to stop a parent from buying Dead Space for a toddler or dot, 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 dot. The issue seems to be mainly one of uneducated parents buying what their children ask for, not what's appropriate. Any ideas? I think the first idea would be not to put Saints Row within a child's grasp. But go ahead. <laughs> okay. Um, all I mean, everything that's been written there are all fantastic ideas. I don't necessarily think they're doable. I think that they probably should be done, but I. I I don't think logistically it's probably possible. The idea of someone buying Dead Space for a toddler just based on the cover wow. art alone kind of makes me laugh. But isn't it like a I, like a, I haven't seen the cover? Isn't it like a disembodied hand or something? Or is that it no, is, that's left yes. Yeah, okay. yeah. No, Dead Space is a disembodied hand. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but uh, again, I mean, parents need to educate themselves. Like he's absolutely right. It it, it is. You know, they're not educated about games or what's appropriate or, you know, the basic concept. And the thing that bothers me is, I mean, almost everybody, I mean, third world countries, maybe not so much, but I mean, everybody just about is online. It takes, you know, 30 seconds to type in a game name and get a synopsis on it. Why can't anybody Mm -hmm. do that? 
because they don't know how to use keyboard. <laughs> well, you know what's funny is there's a um just interject for really quickly there I know that there's like a there was I don't I didn't see one this year but there was like that A list of of all games that are safe for for kids and like despite how ridiculous as we as gamers find it like that's actually you know I'm actually kind of okay with that like A list F list because at the very least. You know, it gives parents an inkling of what's on the cover and what they're... But it's like, like you said, it's like, it ta- they have to actually go out and look it up. And if they don't, then that's their own fault. Um, but, I'm sorry, I, I feel like I interjected. Were you, were you saying something else, or...? Yeah, no, not really. I mean, I, uh, I think you're right. I mean, it is their fault. But ultimately, while we have, you know, all these morons walking around trying to shut down the gaming industry, we really do need to educate people that are parents or people that are going to become parents. I mean, maybe not so much people that are going to become parents because we're in this place right now where gaming is very mainstream and I think the people that become parents in the future are going to be very much more aware than they are now. Mm-hmm. Right, right. I think, you know, I, I, I probably should have followed through with this and I didn't, but I had I kind of had the idea because I was bored at the time. Um, like, our, our, our condo, like, you know, like any condo holds, like, board meetings and stuff. And so, and sometimes once in a while they'll ha- they'll hold like a like a speaker event in the lounge or something like that. And I was thinking that maybe like around around like before Thanksgiving time, that I would you know whip up a presentation for the parents in the buildings on you know what games were and were not appropriate for kids from my point of view, not from a stodgy old government dude's point of view or some 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 like fanatic religious nuts point of view, but from someone who actually knows about this shit. Um, I, and I didn't follow through, but I think that, you know, if maybe this is a bit idealistic, but if if we in our community um, took a little bit of initiative to reach out to, uh, to to people who might just who just might not know that much, that maybe it would help. Like maybe next year I will do that. Maybe I'll be like, yo, can I you know, can I borrow? Can I lease out? Not lease out. But can I can I sign out the lounge for about half an hour and, um, you know, just do this like topic for all the parents in the building? Um, no kids allowed because we don't want them, you know, getting ideas. But you know, and I play games. I'm not a parent myself, but I'm aware of this content, and I know what you know. I know what I would want my kid to see and not see, uh, depending on when they're ready. So you know, can can I do something? So I may, I don't know. Maybe maybe it takes initiative from us, or maybe not. I don't know. And Tony is writing something. Tony says there should be and more. Tony a n comes before a word that starts with a vowel. There should be a more in-depth rating system if you are playing monkey ball and somehow a zombie rips his head off and covers the screen with digital blood. Then you might need a strong warning about the... What? Okay. Um, yes, thank you, Tony, from Beyond the Void. Um, uh, should we move on to the next question, or is that, uh, or is there more to say about this one? Yeah, no, I think we can move on. Okay. The remaining questions are not about the topic. Uh, actually, Pete mentioned in the uh, chat window that he had a mailbag question, which you, is you kind can of, do the other stuff. Which first. is kind of odd because you're on here. No, spit it out first. We'll we'll do, we'll we'll see what you have. What what oh. tomfoolery you have in your head? Oh, okay. It's nothing like I don't know. It's nothing entertaining. I don't think. I was just gonna say, hey, Try Games cast crew people. <laughs> uh, Pete here, you might remember me from the past. Anyway, uh, I don't know if you guys did this last episode or not, but I was curious if there was any discussion on, because, like, you know, New Year's and everything, if there was any discussion on, like, 
personal games of 2008 or anything that you might Oh, see, we were going to, and I was going to try to get you in on this too. We were going to do uh, our Games of the Year award, Games of the Year award, except it wouldn't be the games that came out that year. It'd just be the games that we thought were the best that year. So I would actually say Half-Life 2, which is three years old. So, but I, yeah, we, we did not have any discussion like that because because um, we're so up on the latest games, if you look at our backlog, like, it's long and unceremoniously shameful. So, yeah, my game of the year for 2008 is Half-Life 2. That's all I could, that's about all I could say. Um, okay. Yeah, Al's game of the year is, I don't know. <laughs> um, but, okay. Yeah, see, it kind of, it doesn't work now since, like, you know, the other yeah, two guys are gone. here. Yeah, yeah, so... All right, so let's see. Uh, last week we had a reader, uh, reader, a listener. Wait, I wasn't finished. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh. I just wanted an excuse to say that I think N Plus was the game of 2008. You can go ahead now. Did it come out in 2008? I forget. I think it. did. Okay, so that's oh, that's legit. Okay, um, Omri uh, wrote in last week about um, like race uh, racist remarks and like just dubious behavior on Xbox Live and we were talking about some potential solutions and just like you know what what the thing so and so first he apologizes for his bad grammar by misspelling the word grammar uh, I'm, I'm just messing with you dude I, I, we did that to everybody no, no, no nothing personal um, hey again try again sorry for the bad grammar for the, for the first one I was tired as hell when I wrote it that's all good we, we like making fun it's nothing it's just, we're just joking around Anyway, I've listened to the conversation about my topic and I think I heard somewhere in another podcast about filtering or censoring words from the live chat I think it could work in specific games and not to ban them in private chats or parties, but when playing publicly, pu- publicly, they could censor some swear and racial words. Tell me what you guys think. Love. Just love the podcast. Keep up the awesome words. Omri. Okay, so I did hear about that too. D- do you guys remember what that was? Because I, I, I think that was like for Halo 3 or no? I, I honestly don't remember that well. Uh, what was the question? I wasn't listening. Can you place it into the window? Oh, you asshat. Okay, um... <laughs> I heard something about racism. Was that what you said? Oh, wait, said? P.S. You got to love Tony with his hilarious laughter. Okay, yeah. Um, so, okay, so Pete, just again, his his question last week was about, it was more of a comment on, like, just how he hated the, you know, the, the kind of racist behavior and ignorant behavior that, that goes on on Xbox Live chats. And he was, wonder- oh, yes. he was wondering if there was anything we could do about it. And so we were just talking about random shit about what we think could be done. I, honestly, I forget what it was. And then he comes back now and asks about the, he, he was hearing on another podcast a podcast about um the ability to filter or censor some words from live chat like yes uh, there's they i think they actually i think microsoft put in the patent for that uh okay so it was that, a patent okay yeah it's not like anything that's like actually made yet uh, i think it was just something that they patented the ability to possibly do that um but there was definitely some story about that where they were working on some technology that would be able to filter out specific words or phrases and things like that to prevent offensive material but honestly I think it's stupid if you don't like what people are saying mute them you don't have to listen to them um it's not that hard or just play with friends that's always been my stance yeah yeah I just think like see I don't believe in censorship but I also don't believe in people being asses so my I think my thing was just like just make sure you give feedback. And and personally, like, I wouldn't even bother with the whole, like, censoring. I'd just be like, dude, you got enough bad marks? Get the fuck out of town, you know? But I, I don't know if that's feasible. That's probably not feasible. That's a little bit, you know... Bad. See, I don't, I don't think banning people is appropriate either. Like, I mean, yeah, give them feedback and stuff, but just in the same way that, like, 
they shouldn't be saying that stuff to just random people and offending them. Other people, people that are offended, should just be willing to either mute or leave sure. the game. Sure, it's like don't interact with people you don't like. It's that simple. Right. I just think I just think that like I agree with that. It's just my only contention is just that like I think people should have the right to have fun without having to sit and sit through that. What I'm saying is like. And and I'm gonna exaggerate here. This has probably never really happened, but you go into a game you don't like to like your friends aren't playing, but you want to play online. So you go into a game. Uh, someone calls you like like a, a an ass licker or something. Okay, and you're like, I don't, I don't <laughs> like this person. I'm gonna mute him. Everybody else is talking the same way. So you said I'm gonna leave the game. You go into another game, and and, and people are calling you shit stickers, and you don't like that either. So you leave the game. And then the next one, people are calling you a twelve year old uh, fetus. Which makes Again. no sense, and you leave the game. And I, I, I completely understand your point, but I'm, I'm just going extreme here. Is that right? Is that like it, it's, it's annoying to the point where I'm just saying that people shouldn't have to put up with that. And like, there's no good way to stop it. And like, you're right, people should just ignore it. But and, and again, I'm being completely idealist. But I just think it'd be nice if people didn't have to put up with it. That's that's all I'm saying. But that's the thing is, people don't have to put up with it. Play with friends or unplug your microphone. The thing that people need to understand is, if you're gonna play anything competitively. Wait, wait, before you go on though, it, don't doesn't it come out of the speakers if you unplug the microphone? No, you can turn that off. You can turn it off, but then what if what if you have to communicate with asshats that you're playing with? Then don't play a game that requires that much communication. If you're playing but, a racing game, but what if you game, want you to play to that to game though? Like that's what I'm saying that you then shouldn't you play with friends. One shouldn't and the friends aren't there. What I'm saying is that I agree with you. I'm just saying that it it would be nice if there were a world where, you know, you could exercise your right to play what you wanted without having to put up with, you know, with dildos, you'll always be able to eventually. You'll always be able to find people that will be like-minded. If okay, I hope maybe so. you don't have maybe you don't have friends on Xbox Live at that moment, but maybe you're a member of some online gaming community. Right. Hop on, find some people that you've been interacting with in some regard. So don't expect th- to go. There's out a solution. The wild world. Omri, there's your solution. Yeah, I was gonna say, don't expect to go out into the wild world of Xbox Live and randomly find people that are gonna be cool. You can, it can happen, but just don't expect it to. I was just gonna say that. Anytime you play anything competitively, like if you go into back when there were arcades, if you went into an arcade oh, yeah. and played a fighting fighting game, sure, maybe they wouldn't be talking the same, but there's still that whole whole aspect of the person you were playing against is not your friend. They have no right. intentions of being your friend. They just want to beat you. So you know when you put distance or you know an anonymity in there, the anonymity. Then, yeah, then it becomes a little bit worse. But it's like don't expect. Yeah. Of Winter Wonderland or something, right? No, my my concern was actually not so much the competitive, but like the cooperative. Like, let's say that that's why I was pushing for it because, like, I know competitive you can't do anything about it and you shouldn't have to, so you just meet them. I'm fine with that. I'm just saying, like, um, if if I were ever in a situation where like we had somebody on the team and he was just like berating people for not doing their job or like I th- oh Al Al was talking about this. That's what, he said something about Left for Dead. And, like, this guy who thought he was, like, all the hot shit started, like, cussing people out just because they weren't doing things exactly the right way. And that's that's the only reason why I brought up the whole, like, it'd be nice to live in a world where you don't have to put up with that. Because competitively, that's expected. Cooper- just reminded me of something. Cooperatively, it'd be nice to not, you know, have, run the risk of having an ass hat there. But, again, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying that the ideal would be where we don't have to put up with that. But what, right. what I remind you of? Well, like, Left for Dead, for instance. Like, game, it, it, the, the... 
environment of people will depend on the type of game it is too. Because okay, like, right. you, you take a game like Left 4 Dead, if one person's going to be an asshat, that person's going to die, and the rest of the team's not going to help them. Right. So that's how you weed out that population, and you end up only playing with people that want to play right. cooperative seriously and not be jerks because they require require the help of their teammates. Right. And then I was thinking of like, okay, you take a game like, uh, like shooters obviously are going to have like especially deathmatch shooters are going to have kind of the the worst breed. Oh almost. god. Um, but then if you take a game like Little Big Planet, uh, anyone I've played with ran- randomly on Little Big Planet, I don't have a, a headset, but like nobody's ever like typed out anything mean to me. Everything has always been positive and helpful and like well, it's, friendly. It's Little Big Planet. They're all, they're made all of scrotums. It's all happy. <laughs> they're all happy. But yeah, I mean, like my point is that like the type of game it is will dictate the like type of community it has. Sure. So sure. you might like. If you're looking f- to build a friend a friends list of more people to like maybe play other games with, play those start games. with something. Yeah, yeah, play, play those with those first. games, and then maybe you can go on to play other games with those people. Okay. Um, let's. Tony says, so if I say you are a stupid fucking idiot on live chat, will you hear quote you are? And based on the tone of my voice, edit the rest, or will it be like you are a special floppy not smart person? <laughs> no, duh. Is live chat going to be on delay and have program and monitor monitor? Monitor. I'm just going to tease him with the spelling. Um, okay. So, Agaz asks... Let's see. He's got two questions. He's still all about kicking it. I'm going to kick him. Um, number one. Mainest question. Is gaming still just a conduit for escapism, or does the recent community built around it through the internet warrant a reinterpretation of the role it plays in society? And how does it serve the individual now as opposed to back in the day? Um... I actually want to know this from Kelly's perspective. Like, like, would you consider this question like with your son and how how you bring up in his social interactions and and whatnot? Um, well, I mean, it, obviously, things have changed exponentially since back in the day. Um, right. You know, it's much more community oriented than it's ever been. I mean, it gets more that way all the time. Um, it's just, I mean, I think that it's more, I mean, it's not, you know, some geek guy in his room playing, you know, the Atari 2600 anymore. It's, uh, in his boxers. It's, it, it, you know, it, there's a whole, you know, you can hook up with your friends over live and, and it's just a lot more community oriented, I think, now. And I, and I think that's a good thing. I, I think that, uh, like when I was a kid, gaming was a lonely sport. Mm. You know, and yeah. uh, that's probably why I'm such a, you know, social misfit now. I blame <laughs> it on the games. Oh um, no, don't don't go the Thompson route. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think uh, I think things have progressed in a good way. Um, I I don't see anything, you know, other than what you all were just talking about. I don't see any anything bad about the way gaming is progressing i think it's mm-hmm. coming along nicely now are you concerned at all or are you hopeful like because uh, of this particular aspect i'm going to talk about some people and i don't agree with them think that um those who interact socially online in games end up hampering their their person-to-person growth not now, the reason why I don't entirely agree with that is because unless that is all you have known for your entire life, you will have some measure of, in, of interpersonal relationship in the real world. And so you, you have to kind of, of apply that 
to how you interact. And some people, yes, some people take advantage of the anonymity. I, I understand that, but I just don't buy that someone's immediately going to blame a game for someone's inept ineptitude in social interactions. I just thought, since you know, since you have you know a a, a boy that's growing, um, what your thoughts on that were? Well, I mean, it's like you said. Uh, if Christopher was locked in a room with nothing but his 360 for interaction with other people, then yeah, I could see it being maybe a problem. But I mean, everybody has to interact. I mean, you know, right. there's school and and there's outside activities. I mean, it may get to the point when, you know, a, a person comes into young adulthood when that may become a problem. I mean, it does for some people. It goes back to the obsessive compulsive thing. If that's mm-hmm, your obsession, mm-hmm. then, you know, if just being an anonymous entity becomes your obsession, then yeah, maybe it will be a problem. But in general, no. Right. Okay. Okay. Pete, do you feel like a social misfit by being locked in your room and playing World of Warcraft? <laughs> or or, um, or does Charlie feel that way about playing Vanguard? Oh, wait. <laughs> uh, well, okay. Uh, Sorry about the Vanguard thing, Charlie. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. Do I feel... I, um, I was just poking fun at you, but you can answer if you yeah, want. Yeah, no, I'm just trying to think. Like, I think that like gaming is... like I don't think it's gone from one to the other. I think it's just... It, it was considered one, and now it's both. Because like, gaming could still be a, a form of escapism. Mm-hmm. Um, because like, if I'm playing a game like Fallout 3, I'm playing it to wrap myself up in another world and to just like be alone with this experience. Sure. There is no online play, so it's not like I could do anything else other than that if I was playing that game anyway. Sure. Um, but I like the escapism factor of it, of just like being wrapped up in, in, their, in that world. And um, But uh, yeah, uh, like obviously now with, with the consoles being like connected 24-7 and all, all having some form of uh, like friends list and uh, like um, constant interaction with other people, be it through just simple messaging or playing games with them uh it it does have more of a like of its own society feel to it uh which i think does like i think it's made the society of gamers more like more social with each other right uh because right. i mean growing up it was it was it was a very few friends i had that like actually were as hardcore about games as i was so like I mean, I definitely grew up feeling like an outcast and stuff, like, just, like, talking with my few friends that, like, played games and stuff and hanging out with them and playing games. Um, But most people, like, most kids couldn't care about games. Uh, And now now today it's, like, I have, like, like almost every friend I have is has played a game or, like, is maybe not as hardcore, but, like, has at least, like, played something. Like, even, like friends that I have that are, like, female, like, most of them have at least played the Wii or something, or, like, a DS or something like that. Or Guitar um, Hero. Not to, not to like, put down females as being only casual gamers. It's just that most of the females I know are only casual gamers. Um, They're phonies. Just kidding. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, like, so, like, that, yeah, that's my stance. That gaming has become definitely more social and has helped actual gamers' social ability but it also can be a conduit for escapism, which is, there's nothing wrong with because any entertainment can be used for escapism. Like, books are obviously the prime example, and, like, there's nothing wrong with wanting to, like, escape into a, like, a nice alternative world, so right. to speak, if I'm wording that correctly. I'm just rambling off now. What was the next question? Two. Or No, what's your answer? <laughs> um, My answer is that it's, it's, it's kind of both now. It's, um like, because you can... 
you can still use this escapism uh, uh, mo to to kind of to kind of um, describe what MMOs do. You're escaping into another world, but you're escaping with other people, and therefore you still have to act within social confines. Not the real world social confines, but some sort of social confines with someone, with other people on this server in this fake world. And so you're escaping, but you're also interacting. And I think that there, there's there's kind of a, a general core of of behavior that you want to kind of fulfill when you're interacting with any other type of person, whether it be courtesy or or, or teamwork or or consideration or any any of those types of things. It's like it's 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 our nature as as animals. All animals have their kind of instinctual ways of communicating and interacting with each other. And no matter if you're in a fake world or the real world, you need to have some sort of communication and interaction. And so when you go into World of Warcraft, you're going to act with them in a certain way, and you're going to kind of exercise rules. And when you get out of that space, sometimes you can apply the good things that you learn into, you know, what you do in your real life. And sometimes you can do the vice versa, which is not to say that if you shoot a hooker and, and steal the money back in Grand Theft Auto, you should do it in the real world. But that's besides the point, because we all know that, don't we? I, I hope. Um, but yeah, his second question was, may I please partake in the kicking of it? Um, okay, I'm going to let that one slide since it's been a couple of emails since he's asked about can he kick it. So I guess... Uh, if you want to kick, if you have steel toes. Um, also, if I win, I think it'd be really swell if you guys did a retro game marathon, but only if it's not too much of a hassle. I'm sorry, but you did not win, but we may consider it. Um, we have one final question, and this is a very, very, very relevant question. Who wants to read it? Uh, I'll read it. I don't even know what the hell's going on, but I'll read. Okay. Andrew asks, read the question. Do androids dream of electric sheep? Yes! <laughs> What's your answer? Of course they do. What uh, kind of a question me. is that? <laughs> a- androids don't dream, buddy. Oh, how do you know? Okay. Also, 200 points, goddamn. No, I won't let it die ever. Okay, basically what happened was two years ago, um, Slunks, who is also a frequent guest or and uh, temporarily our fourth chair, um, held the Guitar Hero 2 tournament on GameSpot, and we were just going to play the songs that he picked and send him the score, the photo IDs of the scores. And I beat this guy on... I, I beat Evil Tab on one song, he beat me on the other, and then um, the final song we played came down to... A, no, actually, I think you, you added up the total scores. And so after we added up all the scores of the three songs that we played, the difference was about 200 points, which in Guitar Hero language is like either one note with a multiplier or like four notes. And, or a chord or something like that. So, like, I basically beat him by a note. Um, and he's never lived it down, which I think he should because he could probably kick my ass now. Um, but, yes, androids dream of electric sheep. I, I'm, I'm sticking to that. I'm saying androids don't dream because dreaming is the domain of humanity and androids... You know what? You're not. racist. That's mean. <laughs> I'm, I'm a droidist. You're a droidist. <laughs> All right, I think that just about does it. Um... We've been going on for quite a healthy amount of time now. Kelly, I want to thank you for coming on and sharing your hatred for Jack Thompson with us. It is Anytime. very it is very cathartic and um I hope he has I hope he finds a home in New Zealand because he certainly doesn't have one here. Um uh and f- so let's see, what to pimp? Uh, I hear somebody has a Facebook page that he does videos on. Oh yeah. Like I naughty wanna, videos. I, I want well, okay. <laughs> uh hang on, back up. No, no naughty videos. Unless you count, <laughs> unless you count me, Charlie, and Justin driving around in a car to be naughty with a hooker uh, in the yeah. back. Um, Facebook, uh, yeah, find me on there, Pete Vellucci Jr. Two L's, uh, two C's. Yeah, 
Um, or better yet, you don't have to worry so much about that because now, like, I'm all about the Twitter. So, uh, like I Twitter, I pimped uh, Philip Kohler and Nick Sutner before. I also have a Twitter. You can go to twitter.com slash R-Y-V-V-N. That's Riven. But you can't post uh, videos to your Twitter. Well, no, that's true, but you can go follow me on Twitter, and then you can just find my Facebook page linked off Okay, of you have a public. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so it makes it easier. Um, and people should follow me on Twitter because then it'll make me feel popular and Shitter. special. Um, and, uh, is that, yeah, uh, there, yeah, uh, that's all I have to <laughs> pimp, but hope, hopefully Game Slaves will be back soon, um, and, uh, we might be doing GSR and some more GSTV and stuff. Uh, for the guy who has hair who left, uh, xlm2k.blogspot.com, again, that addresses X as in Xavier, L as in lesbian, M as in Marmaduke. Man boob. Two, the number two, and K as in K dot He has hair. He has nose and guitar, and he plays stuff. And yeah, Merry Christmas. He says, um, and drfishypants.com. Uh, he's a doctor, and he has fish in his pants, which bodes well for uh, the ladies. Um, the word doctor spelled out. And uh, finally, you can catch Kelly May's blog at GameSpot. Are you on anything else or just GameSpot? Uh, no, I'm on uh, Facebook and MySpace and. All that crap too. Uh, do you even want to give those out, or should I? Uh, or should we just keep it to your blog so that no, no stalkers just keep uh, come your way? Just, just keep okay. it to Gamespot. Yeah. Okay. So the Gamespot user address for her is www.gamespot.com. If you don't know how to spell that, I don't know what to say. Slash users plural slash Kelly May, and that's K E L L Y M A E as an enema. So again, Gamespot.com slash user slash Kelly May, and I will have the link. In the podcast page, and half of you are listening from GameSpot anyway, so you know who she is. Um, and I'm debating whether or not to read this Viagra email. No, I won't. Okay. So, for Al. Hey. Oh. For Tony. Al's not here. Al's not here I know. For Pete. I have a few last things I wanted to say before you go. You didn't read the chat. I didn't read the chat. What did. Uh, let's see. Okay. A few last <laughs> things from me. Oh, very nice. For Ke- No, go ahead. What do you want? What do you want? Uh,. I just wanted to remind everyone last time to check out the one-up stuff, uh, like the guy, the X right. one-up stuff, right. uh, talkingorange.com, eat-sleep-game.com, and uh, geekbox.net, um, and follow those guys on Twitter because they really deserve it. And I want did oh, someone's phone is ringing. Telefono. Um, I wanted to let uh, Austin know that I'm not going to be here next week, but uh, he may have some other super special guest on, but I will be here hopefully two weeks from this recording. and. When I'm back, I want us to discuss, uh, like, I want us to seriously discuss favorite game of 2008 and games looking forward to in 2009. And uh, I still say N plus game of 2008, but we can think, you guys can think about it. Let the other guys know. And Kelly, since you're probably not gonna be on then, what was your favorite game of 2008? Thank you, host. Guitar Hero, Guitar Hero Guitar World Hero. Tour for sure. I gotcha. Uh, okay, and what game are you looking forward to in 2009? Oh, a Metallica. Guitar Hero Metallica, actually. <laughs> She's all about the Guitar Hero. Pete, right I now, think yeah. This call- yeah. Pete, I think this calls for Game Slays Radio Episode 51, Mr. Uh, Mr. Trying to uh, Take Over Our Topics. I'm not trying to take over hosting <laughs> stuff. I just wanted to say stuff, damn it. Don't worry. We'll, we'll, we'll go over it at some point. Uh, I got to think about it, though, because yeah. backlog. By the, time, by the time we get Game Slays back up, it'll be, like, way past the 
New Year. Which makes like, it a perfectly ironic and, like, hipster move to do, like, we're going to do our 2008 Games of the Year late. Yeah. Right, we'll do a jumping <laughs> photo post. All right. We'll do our 2008 review when it's Christmas in July. Like Giant Bomb said, their Game of 2008 for their 2007 Game of the Year for 2008. So was Call of Duty 4. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So for Al, for, for Tony, for Pete, and for Kelly, uh, say goodbye or something. Or or goodbye or something. Well, no, she's a uh, she, she's communicating via pressing the phone buttons. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> T pain out, I guess. This podcast is falling T-pain apart. T pain out. <laughs> All right, and I've been your host, Austin. This is Chicago, and we are out. They're slick as goose shit. I'll yeah. tell ya. Makes me more attracted to you and I T-Pain sucks! <laughs>